are listening to the Blood Podcast. Music and more with Bushy and Metal Mike. Sit back, crack open a cold breeze, break out your step, light it all in. While we do our retrospective views and discussions of all things music, who, and entertainment. If you're Metal Mike, Metal Towns. So without further ado, here's Bushy. We are here, and we are in HD. Well, I am. I don't know if he put himself in HD. That's that standard deaf looking motherfucker. I am Bushy. This is Metal Mike. We are. How do I put myself in HD, motherfucker? (laughs) I I don't know. It's a fucking camera. Learn the program. (laughs) All right. We're trying this for the first time. Uh, but yeah, this is the Plug Podcast. We're actually doing a uh, video cast for this one because it is our annual Halloween episode. And um, when we get to it, we're going to be talking about the mighty, the mighty Abigail. But more about that later. Metal Mike, it's been a few weeks since we've actually sat down and talked. We released a little bit of content for Eddie Van Halen's uh, two-year anniversary of his passing. I thought it was three years. Maybe it's three. I don't know. My dad passed two years ago. Maybe that's what's on my mind. Yeah. but Because uh, I think he died... When in 2020? During the pandemic? I don't know. I thought it was after, but... Either way, we, re- we released a two-part series that Metal Mike put together with his brother, Scapegoat. And man, it was... It's fucking outstanding. So for all of you that didn't go in there and listen to it, Screw you guys, man. You missed out on a lot of great content there. There's a lot of cool interviews. Some good music in there. Yeah, dude. October 6, 2020, man. Okay, yeah. So, I mean, it's it's been a minute. My dad was October 11th, 21. So, that's what's been a Oh, month. damn. Yeah. I could see where that would, uh, you know. Kind of occupy the space a little bit. <laughs> obviously. Um, yeah. Uh, my brother, really, Dave, scapegoat. Paul, you listeners on the Metal Mike show, uh, he's the guy that put it together. I mean, the dude's like a genius with editing and stuff. And he had gotten all these old interviews and he basically kind of, for lack of a better word, created an audio documentary. He'd been kind of experimenting because there's times where I'll end a show with what we call closers. Like he made one about Black Sabbath and Ozzy where it's all these interviews and then it ends with the writ from Sabotage. He did one for Dio. He did one for Born Again. He did one for Bon Scott and ACDC. He did one for... Uh, there's a few other ones he did. I think he did one for Randy Rhodes where it's a Ruby Sarzo interview. And I'll end the show sometimes with them, you know. Uh, usually they're about 20 minutes long or whatever. But this was the... F- the biggest thing he'd done and he, well, he's wanting to do and we are working on I, I gotta get back to it though because um, I'm kind of writing it and then he's gonna edit it and we're gonna have you narrate it sir um, do I put on so, a sexy voice or do I do I talk like this <laughs> come on dude don't, don't talk like that I'll just do it my goddamn self <laughs> I'll, I'll talk like Marvin the Martian the whole time oh you you mean bunny it's Excuse good me, to Space see here. 99 Modulator. Uh, yeah, the Space Modulator. <laughs> I love Martin the Martian. He's fucking great. That's a fact. Uh, it's been a while since I've seen your lovely face. We've actually been trying to do this for a fucking week. 
man, dude, I swear to God, I'm all like, man, we gotta get in, we gotta be more consistent, we gotta do this, we gotta, and then it's like, I, it's like the fates go, oh no, Metal Mike, that's not gonna happen, buddy, because we were supposed to fucking record this shit Saturday. We were supposed to record it a week before that. <laughs> yeah, and, and yeah, it's just been one fucking crappy thing. And what was the reason? Because there was what happened with me at work, but what was the? Uh... Well, the first one was you got you got moved to the floor and weren't getting out of there. Right. Yeah. So it was both times yes. my fucking job. So the man. second one, your job called you in for an infection control issue. Without going yeah, into yeah. too much of that. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. Yeah. So it was like, yeah, man. And then we were going to do it uh, tomorrow night, which would have given me a little more rest. Maybe not Metal Mike, but me. And then I was like, dude, I got to take my girl to fucking um, physical therapy, her first physical therapy appointment. And I got to be there like quarter to eight or quarter to nine, rather. And I'm like, that place is a fucking hour away. <laughs> you know, so I'm like, can we do it Tuesday? <laughs> and I sat there so like this. Yes. You like, got to do that Thursday morning? Or? Yeah. Oh, damn. Yeah, so that's why we weren't doing it tomorrow night. The only thing is, I get to get all tore up tonight and have my good fun. Because when I'm over at her place, she's so nervous with her with her ankle. She can't do much. It's hard for her to get around because she's got steps in her house, you know. And so you're over there right now? No, I'm I'm, I'm at party. I'm, I'm going to say. Studios. I'm at my I, place. I was going to say, it looks like your place, but, yeah. you know. Well, you know, I have broadcast a radio show from her place. Uh, then Sam shit out on me, so I had to be back here to test my board and everything and my headphones, and I figured it out. I don't like it, but I figured it out. Uh, I've got to drop the whole volume that goes into my computer so that I can do my speaking portions, which drives me absolutely up the wall because I'm used to pounding everything through my stick. There might be a way because I had to figure it out with mine, and I got it to where I can have the music, and I have an external speaker in my plugged into my headphone, and it doesn't pick up at all it did at first but once i changed the settings um remind me dude and, and i'll try to do that sometime this week for you okay we'll get on team viewer and because i think i can help you with that cool because for years i've played it through this exact same stereo these speakers mm -hmm. you know, i just run it out of my laptop into the stereo through an aux cord right and, and it's always been fine and then you know i had something happen where the broadcaster would not pick up my board my mic Nothing. My headphones. It wouldn't did, even play songs. It did the same. It did the same thing to Samuel. It did the same thing to me just wow. recently. And that's the same Sam I've had for fucking years <laughs> since I started here, September eleventh of twenty sixteen. But you know, I figured it out. I was able to do the show. That made me happy. It doesn't make me happy listening through my headphones. I will say that. Well, we'll we will we will try to rectify that, my friend. I mean, it's bad enough we got to do this shit with earbuds and headphones, man. I don't want to have the show done that way. Right, I like having the free where I can just crank my music and rock out with my buddies and yeah, exactly. my brother. And it's a lot of fun. Oh, yeah. I, I do it mostly by myself. My daughter hides in her bedroom. She's like, oh, dad's doing his thing again. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but I just want to be able to blast my music at 10 o'clock on a Saturday, piss off the neighbor. Oh, yeah, dude. Yeah, well, yeah. Of course but yeah of course you know uh i did the festival it we had a little bit of fun it was really just a shit show there were there was so much, yeah so much drama um most of it i really think i need to talk about off mic 
Yeah, I think you should, dude. I don't think we yeah. should be putting all that out there, man. You know. But we didn't get to drink the way we wanted to, and poor Mindy with her with her ankle. I mean, she was a week out of surgery at that point. You know, she couldn't have the fun she wanted to have. We were very limited in the in the movement and such. Even even riding the golf cart, which is like her thing, she'll drive that golf cart all over that damn the, the, that property, and it is not a small property. And it will just circle it. You know, you do the loop, you come around, and then you do this other loop and come around down by the stage. You go see the vendors and such. And then the drunker you get, the faster you go, the more fun it gets. Well, we couldn't do that this time. And then, like I said, all the bullshit drama going on. We ended up packing it in early. We came in. We came back home Saturday. We said, "Fuck it." I, I, that really sucks to hear, man. It was very disappointing because I know you were really looking forward to we, it, man. We both were, man. And uh, and and her. Well, that's her thing. It's not my thing, and I have a blast. There's a couple acts that I really, really like, and I try not to miss. And I didn't even see them close out, so I missed them doing War Pigs because they closed the set Saturday night, and they always close with War Pigs, man. And, and it's just such a cool fucking version of War Pigs. They mix in some Alice in Chains and some uh, uh, Rage Against the Machine and some ACDC and some fucking Zeppelin all in this one big 15, 20-minute long. That's, you know, that's awesome. So I was just like, man, fuck. But at the same time, we were both done. You know, We were getting to the point where we were miserable. So the point is I haven't tied one on in weeks. <laughs> But today, ladies and gentlemen, Bushy's going to be sloppy. I've got, you know, I got you know, a little bit of the, uh, the the red liqueur whiskey, I guess you'd call it, Fireball. I've got my typical beer, and I got uh, a little bit of Uncle Sam's untaxed fucking liquor. And that stuff, boy, you got to sip this. That's whew, you feel it right here. Well, I bet. <laughs> and it sits there for a minute. That's that's that there sipping whiskey. Yep. <laughs> So other than the bullshit work, because I could talk for hours about drama at work lately. I don't want to, dude. <laughs> what I mean, is, honestly, what going on? Honestly, one of the reasons why I do what I do here with the radio and the station and is to get away from that shit. So the last thing I want to do is talk about work, man. Yes. And you and I are both in the same field. Again, you're in the same field I've been in the whole time. So yes. fuck all that, dude. Let's just move on from that shit right now. Daddy's nipping that shit in the bud right now. Beautiful. Because I would put way too many people on blast. And I've already been in trouble this week with management for putting shit out on social media. I will tell you, Nothing I said was a fucking lie. No, oh, I'm sure. That's that's the bitch about this guy. <laughs> is if I say something, it's and that's probably why it pissed him off so bad. Because it's everything you're saying lie. is absolutely. And I'm sure the first thing, well, listen, you get pet, you can do it. It's just putting it out there for everybody to see, right? That's what they said. I'm sure. I'm Even sure though exactly no names or anything, I, I haven't mentioned a single name or anything. Yeah, but and, and the, they the, know. the people I was talking about, they're not even on my Facebook. So that means there's another little snitch bitch. And I know who the snitch bitch is. I mean, to have a beard that big and be that big a bitch. But I know who the snitch bitch is, which is cool. You know, I'll handle that eventually. But, uh, yeah, it, it's, it's whatever. I laughed. We had a big meeting. She didn't single me out. It was said in the meeting. But right? you knew. Yeah, yeah. Well, I had to have a conversation with that person today. And uh, they some brand new administrator and they found out look I'll do my job and I'll do it at a professional level even if I can't stand the person I'm working for but these are the things I will not tolerate 
And my exact words were, I'm not ready to lose my job yet, but I am close. Not, I am not ready to leave my job. I said, I am not ready to lose my job. See, these emotionally reactive people don't understand that when I get angry, I get calculating. I calm and think things through. So when I go, I've already thought it out. I, I, I've thought it out now. I can, I, can, I can do everything I want to do now. And not to destroy the facility, but fuck these few people. <laughs> you know? Right. Just be, glad, uh, just be glad I'm a bigger person than that. I'll continue to do my job because, frankly, um, Bill's a cocksucker, and that motherfucker always has his hand out. <laughs> All right, man. He wants his money when he wants his money. Dude, I, I got to ask, the new Stones mm. album, have you heard it? No, I haven't. Bush, I haven't had a chance to check it out yet, man. I'm going to, though. I got to tell you, <laughs> this is coming from a guy that says the Stones blow everything the Beatles ever did away. And yes, I know, unpopular metal opinion, whatever. I well, it's not really a metal opinion. It's probably maybe a rock opinion or a music opinion, but go ahead. Hey, get the fuck off my dick. <laughs> the, the, the point is... I love it when you talk that sexy, dude. <laughs> All right. Keith. The point is, I have not had a chance to hear the album. Oh, okay. You know, and it's like, I, I've heard, because I, I don't pay for Apple Music, but I bought it on iTunes, so I can't figure out why. I, I could play the first single that came out, Angry. It'll play the whole song on my iTunes on my phone. But it'll play me samples, like the first minute of the songs. Having heard the first minute of every song on this album, I think it's the greatest thing since Steel Wheels. But that's hearing a minute of each song minus hearing right. the entire Angry and the entire Lady Gaga Stevie Wonder song. And I liked both of them. I'm sorry, dude. Hold hold that thought. Be right back. <laughs> you know what? Fucking cats, man. Get lost. Go on. Get out of here. This is no. this is the thing about recording live on video, Fuck. people. Get my damn nerves. We can't Ain't even my cat. Ain't even my damn cat. <laughs> we can't even just. My poor baby shit. died a few months ago, man. Now this one practically wants to live down here. It's like you're Bill's cat. You ain't my fucking cat. I mean, don't get me wrong. She's a cool cat, but uh, did you see her try to do a Tommy just now? <laughs> yeah. She's trying to pull a Tommy the cat. There ain't only one Tommy the cat. Right, Shiva. Right. Well, that's what every, everybody though. thinks we ripped them off. You might as well rip that off. Fuck it. <laughs> I don't. I don't see it that way. I don't either. I think we do kind of our own thing. I mean, we don't have music playing in the background. We don't. We don't really review records very often. No. It's, and now they're kind of doing this whole YouTube thing anyway. Yeah. Um. I don't. I don't think. We don't even talk about music all the time. They do. Yeah, yeah. There's we don't. I mean, a, a lot, yeah, but we'll talk about... I would say 98% of our content, if you were to scroll through this thing... Most even, of it is music-related. Even came here, man, most of it's music. Sure. Yeah. But, you know, we, we'll have the nerdgasms and fucking other yeah. cool stuff, you know? Uh, football. You know, stuff like that. You know, it's not all just fucking music. And we're pathetically subjective. Always. Where obviously Ralph and Ian are objective. Not, very objective. But Ian is. Ian hates fans, not bands. 
I love him though. He's I great. I too. I don't know why he tolerates me. I really don't. Yes, I do. I don't spam the Sammy Hagar stuff, and I don't ever put it on the Rock and Metal page. And well, that's why they tolerate me. I mean, it, 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 it's and, all and I'm a cool fucker. Yeah. Well, I mean, here's my thing. I don't like everybody knows how I feel about Glenn Danzig, but I don't freak out at which I don't think there's a few people that have, but I don't freak out if somebody posts it. I don't have in my rules the Metal Mike Facebook group page, no Glenn Danzig, you know. Right. Um, but I, to me, that's, that's, you're this, right. That whole no Sammy is pretty pretentious. But <laughs> they've been like that since day one. Exactly. That's why you I don't understand why anybody. I don't get it when people get butt hurt or get fucking pissed or try to. Number one, okay, all you Sammy lovers out there, and, and by the way, I I'm not a hater, okay? Not Nobody a lover, but me. not I'm, a hater. I'm I I love his mantra stuff, right? Especially the first record. I I do like a lot of solo Sammy, man. Yeah. Like fuck, man, heavy metal, three lock box, fucking. He always some, record too. Yeah, he wrote some good. He, you know, I mean, that's why I was so upset when fifty one fifty came out. I've said this many times, man. I'm well documented in that that I am not a Hagar hater. At the same time, you know what, folks? Sammy don't really need you to defend him. Yeah. Sammy Hagar's doing just fucking fine. Yeah. He doesn't. I mean, do I get tired of him talking about like? Here's the oh, I can't believe they haven't done an Eddie Van Halen tribute thing. Well, uh, Sammy, look, man. Even if they had of, I'm not so sure you'd have been a part of it, buddy. I mean, you you did. I read his book. It was entertaining. I didn't believe everything he put in there. I have to read you that know? book. I got to get that book. I I did read it. It, it was an entertaining read, you know. Uh, I didn't believe everything he said, though. Uh, not so much about the behind the scenes with the Van Halen brothers. I'm talking about, like, like he literally says in the book that he was as big as Van Halen was when he was solo. Sammy, you were popular, and you were doing pretty well, especially with VOA. I was there. And you've always been a big deal here in the St. Louis Metro East area. Yeah. But, bro. I remember when Van Halen came here every year and they would sell out two nights in a row. Yeah. And that wasn't just in St. Louis. That was everywhere they fucking went. Nobody, no rock band at that point in time was bigger than Van Halen. I'm sorry, man. And that's just a fact. Now, I'm not saying that Sammy didn't, you know. He, I, that I, album I was, agree, dude. I right. That agree. album was a, that album, I think, eventually became, a, I know it was a platinum selling album. Like, Sammy wasn't hurting. You know, he was doing good. He was doing fine. But this shit of, oh, well, I was his bro. I, I think the thing is, is Come on, bro. with Sammy and with Eddie taking the band into that more keyboard-oriented, radio-friendly, glammy rock of that era, man, Sammy lets the fact that they had all these number one songs and number one albums kind of go to his head and I will always stipulate to that now in my head Sammy was huge you know but that's because I'm a Sammy fan I, I, I've been on the rock and metal combat podcast saying he's the greatest fucking voice in rock and roll and I'm, I'll am i stand by it I love that guy's voice and unlike David Lee Roth he still has it <laughs> you know right? and it sucks but my other hero you know fucking Paul Stanley he doesn't have it Right. That guy, I, I was showing Nevaeh. They just uh, released, they did a halftime show or some shit. Honestly, I think the only guy in Kiss that still has his voice is Gene. Gene. Gene still sounds good. Yeah. But uh, they were showing some halftime show or some shit at a football game. And I don't mean a football game. I mean a football game. Fucking soccer. 
down in Australia. Mm. And I was like, Nevaeh, look, this is why I didn't want to go see Kiss on this last tour. And they're playing songs that she's grown up her whole life. She's heard from the womb. And she's right. like, oh, God. I'm like, exactly. Horrified. Yeah, it's exactly. horrible, man. It's like, I just... I mean, would know? it be fun? One last time, would it be fun? The the kiss-tard geek nerd in me is like, yes, it would be fun. Because, Not for yes, me, man. You know what, you know what it's you like got, watching Paul? You've got fake Fraley. I get that. You got leaving that aside, Bushy. Let's leave all that Paul's aside. Let's leave the whole kills it. Okay, go ahead. It kills it for me. But to see the demon rise one more time and drool blood and do God of Thunder one more time live, that would. Can be I be cool. honest with you? I just can't do geriatric kiss anymore. I'm okay with. I I can't. Kiss. I just can't, dude. And I and I I tuned out. I'm, I saw him. I saw him on the farewell tour. I, I'm good. Okay, and I'm talking the real farewell. Yeah, I saw him, that's I saw him on the reunion and the farewell, and then I saw him on 08 because it was Nevaeh's first concert. And and that's fine. And look, I I I no one has to justify. But Paul was still sounding good in 08 compared to fucking 23. <laughs> Fair enough. And I've I've even told some people they've asked me, well, Mike, what would you do? I'm like, have you ever seen them? No. Then you should go. Oh. At least get an idea of what it was like. At least you're going to get some kind of an idea of it. I go, but I'm going to warn you, Paul's voice. And that's what bothers me about it. Let's leave the copycat, you know, and the fucking fake ace, you know, fake Fraley. All that shit aside. Let's leave all that aside for now. Yeah, because I'm really not even that big a Because I would feel this way even if, let's say, Tommy and Eric had their own characters and their own identity. Okay. Um. I would still, it would bother me because seeing Paul is kind of like seeing a lot of my heroes. It's, it's like seeing a great athlete in their prime and they're still out there and they think they can still do it at the level they always have and they can't. And, right. and to me, that's Paul. Yes. Paul is, you know, it's 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 like seeing, you know, it was like the last few times I saw Vander Holyfield fight. I'm like, Vander, please stop. Just stop, man. I'm tired of seeing you get your ass beat. You know, you have nothing more to prove. And that's kind of how I feel about with Paul. I, I, I don't get it. You know I mean? Even Ozzy is like, man, I'd love to, but I just can't. You know I mean? There comes a point in time Ozzie, where... Ozzy, I would have to because I never have. I would have to. Oh, Fair enough, and well, I'm not. Look, I don't want to see him being wheeled out on stage or held up by a fucking bar. That's where I have a problem because Ozzy, I can I can take the down tuning so mm -hmm. that he can sing. I can handle the down. -tuning. I don't really pro bother. I don't the, the down tuning never bothered me because uh, number one, I'm a Black Sabbath fan and they down tuned anyway. Right. So, um, and you're right. I saw Ozzy like right before he got really sick. It was before his fall, but it was before he had that really bad infection in his hand. And he was great. Zach was great. The show was really, really a great show, man. And I'm glad Bill got to go because he wanted to see Ozzy. It was really important to him and our friend Dirty Dave because they had never seen Ozzy, you know. I had seen Ozzy several times. I mean, and that's not even counting all the times at OzFest. That's just, I mean, you know, we all know how I feel about Ozzy. Yeah. I mean, he's probably, I feel about Ozzy kind of the way Ian feels about David Lee Roth. He's my Lord and Savior. You right. know I mean? That's how much he means to me. But I'm also I like. to you this way. Um, let, let me put it to you this way. My stepdad said something to me in the um, late 80s 
when Al was getting introduced, must have been 87, when, when he was introducing me to everything that I didn't know, you know, um, he would say, if Elvis is the king of rock and roll, Ozzy is the king of metal, but Halford is the metal god. <laughs> and he introduced me to both Ozzy and fucking, you know, Priest. My dad introduced my, me to Sabbath. My dad had paranoid and fucking... Uh, my title for Ozzy was always the maestro of metal. Nice. nice. My title for Ioni, of course, is the Riff Lord. Oh, he's the Riff, or Riff God. Yeah. Uh, but then the Kirk Winstein's also known, know, uh, is called the Riff Lord too. But, um, and, but he even because they said, well, "What about Iommi?" And he's like, "Well, Iommi's the Riff God. Yeah, I'm just a Lord. He's uh, the God. You know, he is, I, and I, he I, is. I mean, Ozzy said, said that himself many a time. He is the master of metal riffs. He's like, I forget who said it. I read it in an interview. Uh, 90s, mid 90s, and I forget who they were talking to God because you know Bushy drinks a lot but they were asking, no. no yeah they were asking about Tony Iommi and and this guy said look Tony Iommi wrote every metal riff there is everything else is just a derivative of what he's already done they just take what he's done and they mix it up or they speed it up, or yeah, they slow it down, down. and, and it's that was Rob Zombie. Zombie. Was it Zombie? Okay. It was Rob Zombie that said that. But see, I, I mean, I remember reading that. So, and so and here's the other thing he says. Uh, he says that about Sabbath, but he says as far as like theatricality, he's like, Alice did it first. If you look, whether it's me, Manson, or whoever the fuck will do something, people are like, whoa. But if you go back far enough and you fucking re do enough research, Alice did it before you. Yes. <laughs> He goes, Cooper and Sabbath did everything first, yes. <laughs> you know, and it's yes. kind of true. Well, that's why you it know. was so funny to me, you know, when Gene Simmons was selling the guy we're going to, or suing rather, the guy we're going to be talking about tonight because oh, it's yeah. fucking Halloween. Because it's like, um, wait, didn't you rip off fucking Alice Cooper and uh, screaming Jay Hawkins for Christ's sakes? I put a spell on you with the voodoo and all the paint on. Well, and that's not even mentioned in their music because let's be honest, if you can't hear the Zeppelin or even the Sabbath for that matter and some of Kiss's early stuff, come on, man. Yeah, you're not and attention. Those first three albums especially. Yeah. Especially. I mean, come on, Firehouse? That's a derivative of Misty Mountain Hop. For real. You know? So they, I mean, they took it and they made it theirs, and that's okay, because that's what people do, you so know? here's what I want to know, because this is a brilliant riff. Who the fuck did they rip off to get fucking Parasite? You'd have to ask Mr. Ace Fraley. I don't know, but that's a great... That is a fucking great riff, man. God damn. And that's why Ace Fraley rules, motherfuckers. Right there. Yeah. I mean, and it's no, and it's no wonder a thrash metal band like Anthrax did that song because it it lends itself. And I love how he keeps playing it, and all of a sudden you hear Jingle. It's fucking awesome. I don't give a fuck what anybody says. You know, they can say they can say what kiss this and that. Hey, I nothing nothing will ever taint what they did from 1974 to 1979, motherfuckers. Bam. Mic drop, I don't give a fuck. Man. I will not argue with it. I yeah. will not argue with it. Even though you guys know what my number two favorite kiss album is. Yeah, still I love it. But those first three albums, 
objectively yeah are masterpieces well it's the blueprint for everything that followed it's the kiss sound yes okay and it was and just perfected in the production on alive exactly exactly and then they even went further with destroyer and rock and roll over and love gun and alive Two. like i think the 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 studio side of alive two is amazing to eddie fucking kramer i don't give a fuck bob ezrin i love you you rule the shit you did with alice cooper alone you're you're a fucking god as a producer okay but eddie kramer's the best kiss producer you like alive two better than alive no but Eddie Kramer produced Alive. Oh, Eddie okay, Kramer okay. is the greatest Kiss let, let producer. Me, yeah, I was like, wait a second. We were talking about Alive too, and I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, I got that untaxed liquor. <laughs> you need to already, man. If you're already fucking up, the show just started, dude. Sir, Fuck. I have not been able to get yeah. wild in weeks. Oh I have boy, been, I have been sipping beers because unless she and I are drinking together doesn't like me to get drunk mm. which is fair okay whatever because sometimes bushy gets sloppy <laughs> no. but having said that you kind of knew i was a drinker ahead of time um yeah alive if if, if you don't like those three studio albums then you're not a kiss fan kiss dress to kill or kiss how the hell dress to kill and by the way, Dress to Kill, fucking Peter Chris show. Oh, my God. If you don't like those three albums, because, oh, well, the sound sucks. Fair enough. I'll grant you that. But the song still rules. See, no, production's production. Okay, there comes a certain point. If the songs are fucking good enough, production don't matter. It's important, but it's not all important. Okay, all because I'm telling you, those first fans, three records, man, Fuck, all dude. these Beatles fans that don't like their production on the 1974 Kiss debut album, I'm like, what the fuck are you listening to? Listen to the first couple of Beatles albums in the 60s when they were a sure. band. I mean, Kiss even stole the fucking cover. Yeah. They were trying to present themselves that way. As a heavy metal Beatles. Right. And... The, the and they were influenced by the Stones too. You can definitely hear the Stones in their music oh, as well. Sure. And thanks, Ace, because you had some sense. Because <laughs> his guitar playing, I can hear some fucking. I, oh, big time! He, he says the Stones was a huge. You can hear it. You can yeah. hear it. You know. But I think Gene and Paula. I mean, come on, dude. It's the fucking Stones. I mean, I don't know. I get weary of the whole. Beatles versus Stone thing because I love them both, man. I'm just like they're both fucking awesome. Can't we all just agree on that and move the fuck on? That's just me. I wish people that hated the Beatles could at least say what I say. Arguably the most important band in history, and then people want to say rock band, and that's where I go to you know Mr. Wadzilla himself, Ian Wadley, where. Wadley will say that uh, the Beatles are the greatest band in history, but the Stones are the greatest rock and roll band. And I don't have a problem with that statement. I, I don't either. If you want to make that differentiation, I'm good with that. I'm good with that. To me, all day long and twice on Sunday, I'm going to take the Stones over the... But Beatles. you're not a Beatles hater, Bushy. No, I'm, I'm not. I I mean, there are some songs the of theirs you do like. Yeah. I know you do. I, 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 I hate I, people to think that like everybody kisses the ass of the Beatles, and it's like, dude, bands coming out today, like 
like today bands coming out they're like who, who the fuck are the Beatles <laughs> well look man but look um, if you don't I, know I who the Beatles is... are Ringo Starr and Paul McCartney the only two surviving members of the Beatles are on a new fucking Stones record well, because, I mean, and that doesn't surprise me. I mean, those guys have been friends for ever. fucking ever. I think and you know what? One thing you need, one thing you do need to, one thing you do, I'm sorry. One thing you need to, to acknowledge, though, that you should be grateful to the Beatles. It was John Lennon and Paul McCartney that both told Keith and Nick, you both should write your own songs. Yes. Because before that, there they were covering Muddy cover. Waters. They were yes. covering Howlin' Wolf. Doing a great job of it. I love those songs. I love Muddy Waters and Howlin' Wolf. Love that stuff. But it was Little Walter, all that. But it was it was John Paul's like, you guys can write songs. And it also kind of changed the dynamic of the band because before that, Brian Jones was the unquestioned leader of the Stones. Right. Until Mick... Keith and Keith writing started songs. writing songs, man, and that's when the power shift changed. Yeah. And as much as I love the Brian Jones era, I'm a Mick Taylor guy. Dude, me too. Yeah. I mean, don't and I like I said, I love the Stones, though. I mean, we could I could talk about the Beatles and the Stones all night, man. You know. Hell yeah. So Speaking I know, of, I mean, and it's one thing to prefer one over the other, but I do hate it when people try to disparage one to elevate the other. Right. There's no reason for that. It's fucking stupid. You don't have to do that. It makes you kind of look like an insecure little bitch either way, I think. And and that's what I'm saying. So, hey, without the Beatles, the Stones might have just kept doing covers, which was cool, but they might not have become what they became, I'm, you know, so. I'm okay with that because, I mean, I've heard their blues covers and it's like, yeah, these white boys from fucking Britain know what it's like down on the pea farm, obviously. Well, sure they did. I mean, dude, the English, uh, oh, lower and middle class English people? Yeah. Goddamn right they knew what the, about the blues. You know? I mean, hell yeah. All right. I, now I've got it. I got my cat banging on my door to come in because she's outside. Give me just a hot second. See, this right, is man. the thing about fucking recording a video is I can edit the audio. You'll know, you'll hear none of that in the audio version. This is what you deal with on the video. <laughs> now, is, is this going to go on YouTube and all that, yeah, I guess? Yeah, on YouTube. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. So give me just a hot second. Hey, take your time, brother. And that rattling and thumping you hear is my daughter's dog jumping down because she has to come and say hi to the kitty. Aw. But yeah, man. Beatles no, dude, um, hey, you know, like I said, and I do know there are some Beatles songs you like, because we've talked about it. My, you my just... favorite Beatles song has got to be the second stupidest Beatles song there is. <laughs> What's that? Well, because the stupidest Beatles song is Yellow Submarine, and I hate that fucking song. It's a lot of people I know hate that song. But my favorite Beatles song, I don't even know what the fuck he's talking about. I don't understand it. He probably didn't either, but go ahead. But I love it. It's a Ringo Starr-led song. It's fucking Octopus's Garden. Oh, that's a good tune. I like that song. It's fucking stupid. What's he talking yeah, but, about? But I love on, it. Come on, dude. Hey, those guys were doing a lot of drugs, okay? I mean, like, are you going to sit there and tell me that Lucy in the Sky of Diamonds makes sense? Or what about fucking I Am the Walrus? Really? Uh, Come on, dude. Oh, I mean... God. In fact, I don't know if you know this. You might appreciate this. It was, I think, in a John Lennon documentary. This dude was, like, camping out in his fucking garden or some shit, you know, because he wanted to meet John. And John didn't even know he was out there at first. And then finally, John was like, 
really? He's been out there in the garden the whole time? They're like, yeah. Well, let him come on in, man. I'll talk to him. And uh, the dude's like asking all these questions about are there these secret meanings to these songs? And John's just like, not to buy a dick, but no. <laughs> it's a fucking rock and roll song, mate. You know, it's all it is. It's just music. It doesn't fucking mean anything. Right. It means whatever you want it to mean. Yes. And I, I, I don't, I don't, I can't fucking tell you what I was thinking when I wrote it. It's a fucking song I wrote fucking five, ten years ago. You know, like he just was like blunt. He wasn't, and you could tell the dude was just dying on the inside. And then John looked at him and said, "You want me to make you a sandwich, mate?" <laughs> and he made him a fucking sandwich. So it was, but John was just like, "Dude, it's just rock and roll, bro." It's, I mean, I'm glad you like our music, but to fucking. But John never understood why everybody put so much fucking importance on not just the Beatles, but any kind of music. Not that he thought that music was disposable. He didn't. But he was like, yeah, take it for what it is. It's entertainment. Have fun with it. Listen to it. Love it. That's great. But there's other things in life, man. You know, it, you know, and I kind of understand what John was saying with that, man. It's like when people made such a big deal about them breaking up, he was like, it's the fucking end of a rock and roll band, man. Like, life will go on, you but know? There's, there's something intrinsically special. I'm sorry for our retarded viewers to use words that big. But there's something intrinsically special about the written word vocalized. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, you go watch a movie. I don't know anybody that ever says, man, I was, I was in this deep, dark place and I was about to kill myself. And then I watched Pulp Fiction and decided to live. I, I've never heard that story. Right. But you hear these stories time and time and time again. Of, oh, sure. Oh, I was in a sure. place and this music lifted me out of it. This music gave me hope. And I don't care. Insert whatever band from whatever. Hey, I got a story you for like. you. Straight up, man. Uh, you know John Denver's song, Annie's song. He wrote it for his yeah. wife. Yeah, yeah. He kind of fucked it. John was one of those guys that once in a while. Believe it or not, John Denver was kind of a crazy motherfucker. You know, everybody always thinks these country and folk artists aren't as crazy as their rock and roll and metal counterparts. Uh, they are. Yeah. Some of the country guys are crazier. Uh. I mean, and John, John fucking flipped out on his wife and like they had this gazebo or something and he fucking chainsawed the fuck out of it. Well, he tried to go, Annie, Annie, I wrote you a song. She was like, I'm done, John. Like that was it for her. She divorced his ass, but they were still good friends. Like she still cared about the guy. But Annie's song he wrote for, I think, because like any other musician, you know, when you're in the limelight like that, you're, you're having... I mean, it's kind of like what Chris Rock said about how it is for women all day. You want some dick, yeah. which is true. Right. But when you're a famous dude, you want my snatch constantly. Yeah. John's just human, like anybody else, and you know he did stray on her. And when she found out, she was obviously really hurt. He wrote Annie's song for her, basically like, "Hey, I'm really sorry. I do love you. You mean everything to me. I'm a fuck up, and I'm sorry," kind of thing. But what was really wild about it is this is after she divorced him. Uh, she was a psychiatrist, and she was talking to this gal who had been suicidal, and she she didn't even know that he was John. She was John's ex-wife. She didn't know. Oh wow! Because she wasn't going by the word, you know. And she said, I heard this song on the radio, Annie's song, and it, it, it stopped her from killing herself. Wow. 
because she could hear the lyrics. You know, I mean, you fill up my senses like a night in the forest. I mean, what the fuck, man? You know, and and that's one thing where I appreciate some. Yeah, me metal Mike like John Denver because of my mom. She used to listen to his records, and I think his music is beautiful. You know, I always have. What, what you know, voice. Yeah. What loss, and I'm sorry. Greatest Christmas album of all time, John. Yes. Denver and the Muppets of Christmas. Together. Yes. Yes. I'm sorry. I agree. I can't help it. It's got I love the it. best recorded version of Silent Night ever. Oh, and I love uh, his and Ralph the Dog's version of Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas, oh, yeah. which is a great fucking song anyway. Yeah. Um, from the movie Meet Me in St. Louis. Yeah. Great, See? Great Doing a little bit of, you know, St. Louis yeah. love there, man. Vincent Minnelli and <laughs> Judy Garland. Um, but no, um, and you want to talk about somebody who had an amazing voice, the late, great Judy Garland. But uh, no, you know, I... I so yeah i do think i i get but i also understand where john's coming from like dude it it was just a song it was just that's, like a lot of the, not all the beatles lyrics but some of them were very nonsensical they didn't in fact he would make fun of that later there's a song called glass onion on the white album where he says i told you about he's like talking about former beatles songs and then and and like fucking with you going like like one of them's like i told you about the walrus and me man you know we're as close as can be man but here's another clue for you all. The walrus was Paul. It's just him fucking kind of trolling the fans a little bit, you know, but I don't mind. I thought it was cool, you know, but there, I mean, I think, I mean, Ozzy's had that. Like, what were you thinking when you wrote Central Universe? I was just like, dude, I was fucking high. Right. I don't fucking know. Cause Ozzy's lyrics, when, when they would keep his lyrics, cause Ozzy just writes lyrics off top of his head. Yeah. Sometimes Sabbath would keep him. Sometimes they wouldn't. I, I from what I understand, Symptom of the Universe is one of those songs he did. And if you listen to the lyrics of that song, it makes absolutely no fucking sense whatsoever. <laughs> you know? And and there's a few other uh, uh there's um that song Denial on on uh, Osmosis Ross. He says, I like to live inside my pocket with all my plastic change. He said that was me channeling my inner linen because that lyric makes absolutely no sense. And right. it doesn't. Right. But, you know, as he goes, my lyrics were always more metaphorical, where Geezer's lyrics usually told a story. Yeah. You know, like if you listen to the first version or the original version of Wheels of Confusion, Ozzy's lyrics are a lot more depressing because he's talking about how the world was green and beautiful and now it's just been destroyed by pollution and mankind. And, you know, where in the other one, Geezer's lyrics, the, the one that came out, it's, uh, you know, once upon a time in my mind in the land of fairy tales and stories you know he's talking about how when you're a child you live in a dream world and then when you grow up it's all an illusion right. you know and then that line it was an illusion ozzy used in both versions but the other one's a lot darker it's basically like once upon the time in the world was green and beautiful and now it's all been you know destroyed by mankind you know and uh you know, I did notice sometimes, like even the original uh, lyrics to War Pigs. I mean, Ozzy says, cast the priest into the fire. Geezer's like, what the fuck, man? Calm down, mate. We'll never get a gig. <laughs> no, you know, I could just say, we know you take it down about 20%, Ozzy. <laughs> take it down about 20%, Ozzy. But, um, you know, yeah, I mean, I, and lyrics are very important to me. But to some people like Bildo, he could give a fuck about lyrics. He just likes the music and the, you know, so, but yeah, John was just like, dude, I mean, that's cool that you like our music, but fuck, don't let it just like, there's no secret meaning, bro. I don't mean to break you, disappoint you, but and you can just tell the dude, and the Oz goes, 
Yeah, you know, Charles like, you want me to make your sandwich, mate? And I'm like, how fucking cool is that? You can say, hey, John Lennon made me a fucking sandwich, right. man, you know? He's like, he like, shattered my dreams, but, you know, sandwich was fucking good. Right, <laughs> you know? Well, that's like, but, I mean, there's, there's lyrics that I find that are very deep to me. You don't know what the fuck the songwriter's thinking. I mean, it could be mm. that simple. They're just writing a song, you know? Mm -hmm. But them straight to the point fucking cheesy fucking lyrics mean a lot to me too i mean my theme song to this day is nothing but a good time by poison i'm sorry i i don't care those lyrics speak to me even to this day i i have fucked up in my life where i'm not making the money i should be at my age you know so when i hear things even at 49 years old not a dime can't you know pay my rent i can barely make it through the week saturday night i'd like to make my girl but right or you know but i what's to say can't make ends meet you know working slaving every day gotta get a break you know from the same old same old dude it makes perfect sense it made sense to me in 19 fucking 88 when that album came out it makes sense to me in 2023 they're not deep spiritual lyrics no no and and but i get that dude, i get it that's it's my fucking theme song to this mm. day it's my theme song like, when I'm buried in the fucking casket, they need to find a song that says... Maybe, maybe if the song had just been calm, heavier. Calm. I mean, because when I did, like, Kiss is one of my... I mean, they're my gateway band, and they weren't really known for their deep, fucking serious lyrics either. Well, yeah. Sometimes, though, I don't think they do get enough credit for some of their lyrics. Like, I think... Uh, um, um, Going blind. I think are great lyrics. Great I lyrics think, that are almost nonsensical. I think the lyrics for um, uh, Well Strutter, I like the lyrics for that. She'll let you walk the street beside you. We've all known that chick. That chick, yeah. But when and, she um, runs, she'll pass you. Oh, uh, what's the one? I kind of drawn a blank. Come on and love me. You were distant. Yeah. Now you're near. I can see your face inside the mirror. I mean, I love. I mean, yeah. There, there were some great Kiss lyrics over the years. Yeah. I mean, not some of them were cheese dick, sure, you yeah. know, but some of them weren't. Like watching you, and uh, you know, and like you said, going blind. Uh, uh, even X-ray eyes might seem kind of nonsensical, but if you really listen to the lyrics, he's talking about bitch. I know you're cheating on me, man. I got X-ray eyes, and I can see. I can see through your lies, you know, like, I mean, sure, it, there, it, it's, it's not all, you know, uh, it doesn't have to be high art to me to be good. Right. You know, and then you got people like the guy we're covering today where he's literally telling a story oh, with God. his stuff. So, I mean, I, and I think it's, but the one thing though, that, uh, you might be interested to say, see, cause we kind of went into this, like Beatles vortex was that. Um, and, and it was in relation to a band that you were not a fan of, mainly because of the vocalist, but it was the documentary on Rush and Billy Corgan from the Smashing Pumpkins on there. And he was just saying, look, whether you like them or not, you have to acknowledge they are there and they are still there and they are still selling records. And he goes, and you got some bands, he goes, and I'm not putting them down. He goes, but Zeppelin, the Beatles, they've been over-explained, you know? And he's kind of right. I mean, he is right. You know, the Beatles have been over-explained, you know, like, and it's nothing against the Beatles. It's just, you know, or even the Stones for, um, I mean, look how many fucking documentaries have been made about both fucking bands. Right, right. Because of who they are, you know, and, and, uh, and, and, and yeah, you got to give them their due, uh, obviously. I, uh, I even give Rush their due. 
it's I know you do. That's what I'm saying. Like, even if it's a band you don't really yeah. care for, you at least will go. I but I do the same thing. I've never said that some of these bands I don't like aren't talented. I right. never said that. Just said it's not my bag. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like Rush. I mean, it, it, if they could have found a, a, a front man, <laughs> maybe I would think of Rush differently. But then again, you get Xanadu, and I'm like, no, 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 I wouldn't think of them any differently. <laughs> See, I love Xanadu, but that's me, man. I, I know Rush is one of those bands that's kind of, because there's some people, but a lot of it, when I hear people complain about them, it's, oh, I can't stand that voice. But ironically, that comes to the guy we're talking about yeah, tonight. Yeah, and, I, and I think he's way better. But, but, I, but I gotta tell you what I have a hot take with this album a hot take with this album we may have this well not this album but I have a hot take opinion oh. it's pro it's going to be an unpopular metal opinion but I don't care I'm going to say it okay well I, I can't wait to get into it um I, I I will never say something sucks because any of these bands we listen to or choose not to listen to that's that's what it is uh, they're they've done it, they've made it, or they're making it. Who who the fuck am I to say they suck? That's why I said on the flip side, like Sammy Hagar doesn't need any of you guys to defend his honor or defend yeah. him. Give me a fucking break! Like he's doing okay. Yeah. Okay, I mean, if I see yeah. something from Sammy that I like, I'll share it. But you don't, you definitely don't see my feet blasted with Sammy. Uh, there's other things you won't see at all, just because I think as. It, you know, I mean, the, the, the one thing that kind of bugs me about him is just the whole constantly having to put Roth down, elevate him himself, and the whole, well, like I said in the book, I was bigger. I'm like, or I was as big. I'm like, bro, come on now. You know, and that's where I Eddie mean, may have a point. He said that both guys suffer from LSD, you know, lead singer disease. That, that could be. Oh, did Eddie say that? That's yeah, funny. Yeah, he said they both suffered from LSD, lead singer's disease. And then he went and got the. Pussiest singer they could, Gary Sharon's though. Yeah, I don't know what he was thinking with that one, man. Fuck that guy. But hey, if you dig it, uh, whatever. <laughs> hey, yeah, one. like right. That's I he, see. He pranced okay, around. Well, you, can I ask you a question? Say this. Fuck that. He pranced around on stage, looking more feminine, fucking gay, than Joe Lynn Turner with fucking Ingway Malmsteen's Rising Force, and I thought that guy looked sissy as fuck. Can I ask you a but question? But at least Joe Lynn Turner had a great voice. What What is your opinion on Extreme? Are you a fan? No, Are you not no, a fan? I, Are you I'm just kind of like, eh? I'm not a fan. Um, See, neither am I, dude. I never have been, man. I've and I've had buddies a, of mine, I've people I respect. On, on my show, you know, I, like that Get the Funk Out. Yeah, it's a cool, funky little ditty, you know, whatever. The people that listen to my show are like, oh, shit. Bushy's playing extreme. I'm just like, sorry. At that point, I'd almost rather play Debbie Gibson. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, that's one thing I wanted to clarify with some people because a lot of times I hear that, oh, Bushy. Well, I'm like, Bushy hasn't played that shit in I don't know how long, guys. Because I do listen to you from time to time, even if I'm not in the chat room. And it's like, it might not always be the rock and metal that's in my wheelhouse. But it's rock and metal. You're not playing fucking Paula Abdul or any of that stuff anymore. Look, I just... had a lot of fun doing my top 40 type show. I had a lot of fun. And I needed that so that I didn't walk away from the station. So right. I did that for, yo, know, fuck, several months. 
several months i did his you got it out of your show. system though now he's playing all kinds of heavy shit and i'd like to think i'm part of the reason for that no liquid metal is liquid metal too <laughs> but the funny thing is and this is kind of a source of contention with me my chat room was much bigger when when i was mixing it up with all that goofy top 40 shit i had death metal guys coming into my fucking chat room and like holy fuck he's playing hansen oh my god uh uh uh, not UB40. Who is it? Um, oh, Go West. Nobody knows fucking Go West. They're like, how the fuck do you know that? It's like, well, because, bitch, I spent a good portion of my childhood in Europe. <laughs> so I know a lot of pop that was popular over there in the mm-hmm. early to mid-80s, you know? Right. And, and it was fun, and I needed to do it. At the bottom line, when I'm home alone, you know, I, I play that stuff very sparingly, very sparingly. Like if I if I'm playing fifty songs on YouTube in a night getting hammered, out of fifty songs, two of them might be a pop song. Two. Right. That doesn't mean I don't like it. It's just not my favorite. I needed to get that out of my system because riding the school bus every day to school, I heard Paula Abdul and then Poison and then Kiss and then Debbie Gibson and then Tiffany and then New Kids on the Block. I heard all that shit. You know, it was. It I'm sorry. Me. No, it's top forty radio, dude. It's just I, what it I'm was. just messing with it. <laughs> you know what? Actually, some of that stuff, like I liked Paula Abdul. She was I think great. I liked I liked her and watching her dance more than the music. Well, but yeah. she was a, she was such a cutie, though, man. I had such a crush on her back in the day. Um, she's still a pretty woman. Oh yeah. Well, I got to tell you what it is. Halloween time, which means right. it's time. For our annual King Diamond review. Fuck. Yes. I finally got to see Merciful Fate last year for the first time after Halloween. Fucking badass, weren't they? Fuck yeah, dude. It was a bucket list show. Uh, I would have preferred to have seen King Diamond. Just because I'm way more familiar with those songs. Yeah. But there's nothing Fate played that I didn't know. (laughs) So, so, So King Diamond knows how to put on a show no matter what. Uh, of course, Becky Baldwin on bass filling in because what's his face had to go play with Armored Saint, um, dude. Stella. Well, yeah, Shelley because Shelley. the original bass player, well, he was in King Diamond too. Timmy yeah. Hansen passed yeah. away, yeah, and he's on this record, yes. but we'll get to him in a minute. Yeah, but we're like I like I teased earlier. If it was a tease, this is what we're talking about: the mighty King Diamond, Abigail, and uh, I, I have kind of a funny story this but metal mike your introduction to abigail well um as you know my big brother and and his best friend dave grindstaff were always trying to find the newest evil stuff or badass stuff in metal uh it was dave uh who grindstaff who introduced my brother and me well my brother introduced me to merciful fate i'll I'll never forget the cover to melissa and just like going what is this and then don't break the oath and then hearing king diamond's voice and going what in the actual fuck man like i've never heard anybody like that before and and, or since even though there is a band that's called them that started out as a king diamond merciful fate tribute band oh, wow. and now we're doing original material and that guy sound he doesn't sound exactly like king but he's pretty close man wow. which is kind of cool but then at the same time i'm like man because one of the things i always did that i always loved about merciful fate and king diamond is 
Nobody sounded like them, and they didn't sound like anybody else. That's why I was such an Ozzy and Sabbath fan. Nobody sounded like the Ozman, and Ozman didn't sound like anybody else. Yes. Unique. And, um, yeah, at first with King Diamond, much like a lot of new metal when I first heard Now, some of it I loved instantly, or it was mind-blowing. Like, you know, when we were talking about the great Eddie Van Halen, my brother brought home the first record. He was like, dude, this, ain't, this guy's broke guitar player, and he's freely, and I was... I was a little guy. He's like, hey, uh-uh. And he threw on Eruption. I was like, I'd never heard anything like that. You know, it was like, oh, my God. And then, you know, um, he, you know, he's playing Atomic Punk, and it melted my brain. But in a, in a kind of like Kiss Alive did first time I heard I'm like, oh, my God, what is this? And this is amazing. And it, it yeah. where certain bands... And Merciful Fate was one of them. Kind of freaked me out when I first heard of man. I'm like, what is this new sound that I'm taking in? And do I like it? Do I like that guy's voice? It's so weird. Yeah. He sounded like he was from another fucking dimension, you know? Yeah. And um, so by the time, you know, he, he, he breaks up with Merciful Fate, you know, because you had um, Hank Sherman. He took the band and just called it Fate and went in a totally different direction. The remaining guys, Michael Denner and Timmy Hansen, formed that band with king diamond and even they were like we should call the band king diamond because your name is recognizable right. you know and 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 it was it, they did the the smart thing and didn't bitch about it afterwards unlike bob daisley <laughs> well you know what ozzy osbourne's a brand name it's a fucking marketing name it's a it's a, it's a name yes people buy the record because it's fucking ozzy osbourne yes okay quit whining like a little bitch you got paid for those records you got paid for writing those records you got paid Right, uh, he's not hurting. No. No, the guy's a multimillionaire. Shut the fuck up, Bob Daisley. Anyway. Thank you. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, I just get so tired of it, man. And I'm not saying and I'm not diminishing Bob's accomplishments either. You fucking Daisley sink of fats, man. <laughs> fuck. Anyway, yeah, they decided, hey, let's do this. And of course they came out with Fatal Portrait, and my brother bought that record, and I liked it. Now, when I was younger, I thought it was a cop concept album but it really wasn't it was more like kind of like rush's 2112 where one side was a concept and the other album was just different songs because he also has that awesome song called halloween yeah. which you know uh, much like i'm probably Spider going to play on my halloween special sure. this friday it's a staple much like um uh what the fuck is it um the spider's lullaby yes you have a side yes. of songs and you have a story on the other side Right. Uh, but most of King's are concept albums, and it all started here, folks, with Abigail, released June 15th, 1987 from Roadrunner Records, produced by the band themselves. And man, did they do a phenomenal job. And I think this lineup was the maybe the greatest lineup King Diamond ever had. I mean, you got King, you got fucking Andy LaRock on guitars, you got Michael Denner from Merciful Fate on guitars, and Timmy Hansen, both for, formerly Merciful. Uh, Fate. Then you got the mighty Mickey D on drums. Are you fucking kidding me, man? I mean, dude, they are on fire on this record. Spoiler warning. Uh, yeah, this fucking record rules. Well, there's okay? a reason that it's considered King Diamond's best album. Right, right. I mean, I don't even think you can argue with it, man. The and funny... after listening to it again for this, it was just like, you know, I. I might have to reconsider them being my favorite album. Even though it still kind of is, I love them. I do. But, man, this record is so fucking good, man. man and you. it opened the door for them and Conspiracy and all that, you know. 
Um, there is one thing I am going to complain about it, but this isn't just a King Diamond thing. This is a mic and a lot of albums and records thing. Um, and you'll and 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 thank God he didn't do it with conspiracy. So that's going to be my only clue to okay, well, until we get to into that. it. Now, for me, Abigail came uh, you know later. I, I didn't. It was them. Was your introduction them, to King Diamond right? Conspiracy, the Eye. That was my introduction to King Diamond. And then, um, you know, good old Columbia House. Thank God you fucking morons. What a shitty business plan that was. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, you know, I, I ordered Abigail because I loved these three albums so much. And I got the cassette. And I remember putting in my cassette deck. And I had one of those, you know, because I wasn't allowed a TV in my room. But, man, I had a banging stereo. I was allowed to have a stereo in my room. Yeah, that's the family I grew up in. But um, I put this album in to go to bed, and it is the first and only record to give me fucking nightmares. This is the album of all the evil albums I've listened to in my life. This is the album that scared me. And it didn't scare me because of the story. It scared me because that first track is the most evil fucking terrifying thing I have ever heard. My stereo, the cassette player, was the one that would run all the way through, then mm -hmm. it would click and play the B side, and then run all the way through and play the A side. I had it play on a repeat all night. And that's all I heard all night. We are gathered here today. <laughs> Absolutely right. scared the shit out of me. And if them conspiracy and the eye didn't hook me god damn it abigail made it official i am into this king diamond thing for fucking life now did you know about merciful fate at that time i had no knowledge of fate at all oh interesting because you're younger so i was wondering if you so that's really cool. So in some ways, I could see why you're more of a King Diamond guy because that was your introduction to that world. Sure. Now, as I've gotten older, I am, yeah, man, I, I I like fucking Merciful Fate. Of I course, I know you do, yes. You know, yes. like I said, I went and saw him last year with my buddy Jay Longo, my brother from another mother. I've known him since like 1997. That dude drove three hours from Charlotte to pick my ass up to drive five hours to fucking Atlanta. You know, just to see fucking Merciful Fate so we could drive five hours back, drop my fucking punk ass off, and drive three hours home. <laughs> you know? And God love him for that. Thanks, Jay. And it was it was worth it, though, wasn't it? And I was stone cold sober for that show, so I remember everything. I took it yeah. all in. And what a great theater that was. I wish I could remember the name of it now. Now, uh, did you see um, um, Creator and... Creator and, uh, and Midnight. Midnight too. They were all cool, man. Great show. Yeah, it was. Yeah, I saw it in Indiana with my nephew Kane. Yeah. Great. And I am so glad. I mean, that was like I'm making the road trip because I'd never seen Merciful Fate, and I'm like, damn it, I'm gonna see him. I already saw King Diamond. I had to do a road trip for that too. Nice. Um, I went with. That's when I was dating Sarah. We went to uh, 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 Louisville, Kentucky, to see him. Not too far. Probably it's probably just as far from here to Nashville as it is from here to Louisville. Yeah, and uh, it was 
fucking phenomenal, man. Um, I've you know, as I, I said, I've been a fan of both artists. Or, Diamond, though. Yeah, dude. I mean, dude, it, both of them were, it was both amazing. I can't really tell you which one I liked better because um, I love King Solo stuff too, man. I mean, you know, it's kind of funny. Our good friend, Dr. Fuck, he kind of makes the parallel that, and there is an argument to be made for that. They may not have sold as many records, but Merciful Fate are a very important band in the evolution of metal. I, I would and, and, and so is King Diamond, in my opinion. I would not disagree because everything King Diamond does, the band, is very, they took from fate. All right, there you're never going to see as many musical changes in a fucking song, a metal song, as you'll see in a King Diamond or Merciful Fate song. Right. And that's one of the greatest things. You know, I mean, the prog bands, they do it because that's what prog does. They, they make changes. Right. And Rush is real good at that, I guess. Maybe Pink Floyd was when they were into their drugs and stuff. I Sabbath know. had their moments where they did it, too. Every, every once in a while, because I, I do like Sabbath. Uh, I am finding more and more that I am just a much bigger fan of Ozzy Sabbath. Um, I, I do like Dio Sabbath. And I know sure. Born Again is like one of my favorite Sabbath albums. I love Born Again. But as I'm as I go back and listen, I'm like, Chris Sinzak, I love you, but you're wrong about Born Again. Yo, it's fucking amazing. It, it's <laughs> such a great album, and I can't wait till they do the fucking remaster of that. I'm, I, yeah, because apparently I only found the master tape, I so know, like, yes, he thickens it up a little bit. If he could thicken yeah. it up a little bit, oh, all you guys that have been hating on this record for years are going to finally come to your fucking senses. It right, what a masterpiece fucking board again is. It is. It fucking rules, man. Oh. But anyway, um, yeah, I think I do think there is an argument to be made for that, and I'm going to even make that argument at, at, during my review of th this this amazing album because I'm like, yeah, yeah. Anyway, um, if you want to, you want to get started, brother. Yeah. Now, now I only did the nine songs. I'm, me I'm, too, I'm, okay. because that is the album as it was released, the live shit and all that. I mean, that's cool, yeah. that's awesome, but that is not the album as it came out. And right. I wanted to talk about the Ab Abigail the album, you know. All right, well, let's talk funeral and metal, Mike. I'm gonna let you take funeral. All right, man. Well, I mean, obviously, I mean, we are gathered here tonight to meet rest Abigail the Fay, who we have known. First born dead on the seventh day of July, seventeen seventy-seven. Yeah, I mean, it, it just goes on with Abigail must be nailed to her coffin with seven silver spikes, one through each arm, hand, and knee, and let the last of the seven be drawn through her mouth, so that she may never arise and cause evil again. Who will be the first? I, O'Brien of the Black Horseman. Are you fucking kidding me? What an ah! intro, man! But here's my Goosebumps. problem with it. Goosebumps. It's, it's great. It's great. I love it. I'm not knocking. I'm not. But it's one of my pet peeves. You know what? Major psychotic hatred with a lot of classic metal albums. It shouldn't be a separate track. And thank God when he got around to doing Conspiracy, he it's he does an eight and a half minute or almost an eight and a half minute song. Oh, at the grave. Because at the grave, yeah. It, it's all one fucking song. It might even say at the grave and then... Um, and I love it. It's such an epic at the graves, man. You know, but it, it's it it's a, you know he does the whole intro tell, talking about his sister and how he misses her and stuff. But you don't have 
I, I don't know, man. It's it's just like Electric Eye and fucking, Negative. you know. I, I'm going to completely the, disagree with you. Uh, to me, it's like it's like Shout the Devil, man. I can't listen to Shout the Devil without hearing it in the beginning. I have to hear it all in one. I so don't. I can't hear, just hear in the beginning by itself without hearing Shout the fucking Devil, dude. So what you're saying is you have to hear Funeral and then Arrival. Yes. I do not. I do not. It's not a track. It's it's him talking. It's got it's obviously got keyboards in it. It's moody. I even say very creepy. Sets the mood and the tone up perfectly. But it is what it is, and I don't understand why it's its own separate track when it is clearly an intro for not just the next track, but the whole fucking album. And I love it and I think it's great. I'm not ripping on it itself, but to me, it is it's the, it's not just for the arrival dude it's the whole album to me abigail yeah you can play a song here or there for one of our shows but this is an album that's meant to be listened to in its entirety dude yes. and yes. for me it's just like the hellion and electric eye i just would wish it just said the hellion slash electric eye it's just like you know black sabbath with jack the stripper and then it goes into fairy wear fairy wear boots yeah. it's you know, jack the stripper yeah. Slash phrase word boots. They don't have not, it as separate fucking tracks, man. I could man. not disagree more, and I'm gonna tell you why. Oh, okay. okay. So Enlighten me. I'm going to, and here, and I'm going to read you verbatim. Fucking creepy. That demon voice got under my skin and into my soul as a young kid. Being, raised, I hear you. Being raised in the church, but I fucking love it. It does set the tone for their entire album. Even though this is technically where the story ends. That's true. That is true. This is why I think this does not need to be played separately. It could have just as easily been moved to after the Black Horseman. It could have been. Fair enough. It could have I like the whole flashback track. thing, though. I thought, you and know, they, they it was a cool. It. They only do it. And, and, and really, this is a story that has flashbacks within flashbacks. Yeah. If you want to get technical yeah. about it, but yeah, I, I this is like I said, it, the, the scariest thing I ever heard. This was to me the exorcist in an audio file. All right, fair enough. Like I said, man, I'm not seen. ripping on it, and it, 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 I love it. But it's you, but, but to me, you, it's part of the album. It's like it's just so. But do you like, understand why I say it's separate? It's absolutely separate because this is the end of the story. Kinda. It's kind of weird to put the end of the story at the beginning. It's it's like you're. See, I think it's cheating. fucking brilliant, though. It's like it's you're almost cheating. I'm not the guy that goes to the end of the book to fucking. Because read. that's what I love about King Diamond. Not only is he an amazing musician and an incredible singer and incredible songwriter, but the guy can write a great story. Like yes. Hollywood guys, hello. This would make an amazing movie. Why are it none of his albums a fucking movie? Now this I is don't... a graphic novel. Now they are, and that's awesome. Yes, I want to read it. I'm gonna go We're ahead doing and, this uh, story, right, yeah, Abigail? Abigail? Yeah. I'm gonna go ahead and take track two. This is Arrival. Uh, for me, it's a cool tune. It's got this nice kind of galloping intro until kill. Uh, you know, until King sings. You know, if you call it singing, that must be it. And here's our first musical change of several. No. Oh. You know, and here we meet. You know, Miriam, Natias, or Nadia, however you say it and Jonathan LaFay and the Seven Horsemen. Uh, the Horsemen warn Jonathan and Miriam away, else 18 becomes 9. I still struggle with the 18 becomes 9, even though 
it's mentioned later. I don't know that that's ever explained well enough. Um, but apparently the lead character, he pushes him aside, not believing the horsemen who say, hey, basically, you're going to fucking, hey, you're going to need us. <laughs> Here's my card. <laughs> Check it out. Right, but right. The blistering fucking solos, pounding drums oh. by Mickey fucking D. And uh, dude, Timmy and that fucking, no, yeah, Timmy the bass, yeah. Dude, and Timmy Hansen, late great Timmy Hansen, yes, man. And King. What a great rhythm section. Oh, King's fucking vocals. This is a great song. I still think Funeral should be at the back of the album. This just should have opened the whole fucking thing. Great tune. Um, dude, I pretty much mirror what you say. Uh, killer intro featuring the twin guitar tacks of Andy and Michael that goes into a killer chuggy riff that would make Iron Maiden fucking jealous. That's right. Maiden might have brought the chuggy riff to the metal masses, but my opinion, Merciful Fate and King Diamond, uh, they fucking perfected it. That's one of my hot takes right there. I don't disagree. The musicianship is fucking phenomenal throughout the track. I love all the different signature changes and amazing riffs throughout the song. I think... The late, great Timmy Hansen on bass with the mighty Mickey D are truly an underrated rhythm section that doesn't get enough love. But, you know, we could say that. Like, I know King Diamond has a lot of fans and Fate has a lot of fans. But in my opinion, in the big overall scheme of things, they are somewhat underrated. Because I'm telling, I'm going to call it right now. This band, the King Diamond band, and even Merce Fate is just as good as Iron Maiden. There, I said it. That's my hot take. Sorry, Maiden Tards. You guys are probably all going to fucking freak out. And fucking want to burn me in effigy. Don't give a fuck. Don't care. These guys are just as good as Iron Maiden. If not better. In fact, I like. If I'm gonna. Better. I'm just gonna call. I do. I think I like them better than I do Maiden. Man, I mean Maiden's first six, seven albums. Yeah, those are great. But King Diamond is still putting out killer shit. Yes. Okay. Still waiting for okay. the next album, but yes, yes. I do not disagree. Uh, Go ahead and take a mansion in darkness. I'm gonna grab a beer quick. All right, brother. All right. We have a mansion in darkness. Um, just opens with a galloping riff on steroids that smacks you right in both ear holes. Uh, he actually did this song when I saw him live a few years ago, which was is a fucking amazing. It's just an amazing track. Um, also, within the story, it's, it's at the point where they have... Um, it depicts Jonathan and Miriam as they make their way to the mansion Jonathan has inherited, continuing to ignore the signs that they should turn back before it's too fucking late, man. I mean, some of the lyrics even here, man. Riding up in the alley of the rain, no lights to show the way. How could this ever be their home? Through the darkness, you can only see a giant shadow that swells to be a house where evil rules at night. Are you fucking kidding me, man? This is Edgar Allan Poe word like just wordplay right here. This is fucking amazing. I don't give a fuck what anybody says. King Diamond rules. Oh, well, I have kind of a different take, but you know, from the start, this track just fucking smokes. Yeah, <laughs> man, Denner and LaRock, they fucking deliver. For me, however, these lyrics are kind of boring. They're almost what? Like, they're, 
They're just talking Yikes. about, oh, they're entering the house. There's dust and shadows. Ooh, <laughs> you know. But, dude, the whole album has great lyrics. I didn't just mean this song. Well, I mean, fuck. about this song in particular. This is what I'm talking all right, about. All right, all right, all right. Get the fuck out of here's here. Here's the thing. King delivers them with conviction. Yeah, he sells it, dude. So you believe it. Like a fucking pimp. Fuck yeah. They ought to call him Pip Diamond, all right? That's how badass King Diamond is. Yeah, for me, this song is great just on the music alone. I, I, lyrically, I'm not a fan of this track, but I get it. Well, it's setting shit up, dude. Yeah, it's driving, it's hard, it's heavy, cool changes, brilliant solos. I did. Now, did I say it's the greatest lyrics in the album? No, I didn't, but it's still fucking Edgar Allan. Look, oh, bitch, I'm just reading my down, notes. Man. This is what I had as I was listening to it. And I have to say, um, I, I don't know about you, but this is not an album I actually go back to a lot. So I really rediscovered this record. Well, I'm going to start because this fucking album is amazing. It, yeah, it's great. Because I hadn't listened to it in a while, and, and I'm going, holy fuck, I man. No fucking complaints. This yeah, is, dude. And we've had two songs with words, other than that creepy fucking scary thing that gave me nightmares. This is the only thing where I think it falls a little short. It, it's much like a Stephen King novel. Calm the fuck down. I don't need these 400 pages. It, do you know what I mean? Yeah, I guess. <laughs> I'm not knocking it. I think of, if I remember correctly, lyrically, this is the weakest for me. I would go along with that. Yeah. Lyrically. Musically, yeah. it smokes. But I was just, you know, they were there, so I was reading them. But no, I think there's other songs that have even better lyrics. But oh, yeah. One of the reasons why I love King Diamond is his fucking lyrics, dude. Like, he, yeah. he's just, he's such a great storyteller, you know? Maybe and like I said, I mean, I'm like, this. man, like, I'm reading this and I'm thinking Edgar Allan Poe would be like, fuck, I'm you know? Reading, I'm, like, I, I'm a big Poe guy. I don't know if you've caught that or not or figured yeah. that out, but I, I love it. I was hearing it. I'm like, was King just like, mm, uh, I need something to fill space here, so... Now we're walking into the mansion. Ooh, it's dark. Ooh, there's cobwebs. Well, it's like the fall of the house of Usher, dude. It doesn't fucking start all fucking terrifying. He builds up to it. It's a fucking artist. That's what artists do. They don't just fucking come out and go right off the fucking bat, dude. You motherfucker! In the beginning, funeral grab me. Hey, bro. And that's you know what? I bet if King were here, he'd be like, "Then you're already great." I already got you. Yes, you got me. And if, I got you. And if you were so now I'm going back. A mansion of darkness, I'd probably grab a beer while listening to the guitar solos. The guitar solos are amazing. Yes. <laughs> All right, man. I'm not the next the song. I ended it with I dig it. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Moving on. Oh, the family ghost. Is that me or you? That would be you. Oh, the coast of Count de la Fay introduces himself. Takes Jonathan to the crypt of Abigail. Tells Jonathan that the spirit of Abigail is inside his wife. Now these are fucking lyrics. And there's only one way to stop the rebirth of evil. Itself. Jonathan must kill Miriam. Vocally, I didn't like this one. <laughs> but the advancement of story is so fucking well done then I will forgive King for not belting it out like he does in every other song. Uh, uh, yeah. 
Dude, well, I think this is another killer fucking yeah, guitar. This is this this whole album is just one huge. It's two huge you guitar games. Let me fucking get. I was oh, giving him the. I'm criticism sorry. Sandwich. I'm sorry. I thought you were done. I'm sorry. I apologize. No, I've got to give it the criticism sandwich. There's my the bad vocally kind of kind of weak, kind of weak. Advancement of stories amazing, and musically brilliant. It's a great fucking tune. And that's all. I, I, okay. I, wasn't, I wasn't shitting on it, sir. I didn't say you were. I thought you were done, bro. I'm sorry. Yeah, Metal is so eager to talk. We know you're the talent. I am. <laughs> anyway, uh, The Family Ghost. I don't have a long, drawn-out note, though. Another killer guitar-gasm. Okay? I mean, seriously, you know. Yes. I keep fucking repeating myself. He played this track when I saw him as well, and it was amazing. Oh, I bet it was. I bet he delivered so, it better, too. He did. <laughs> All right, Metal Mike, the seven. Well, he even said, he goes, Bushy's not here, so I'm going to do an even better job than I normally would. I'm going to do it way better than I did it back in the day. <laughs> yeah, All right. <laughs> Oh, the seventh day of July, seventeen seventy-seven. Yes, the seventh day of July, seventeen seventy-seven. I, I love this song. It's just got this a beautiful, beautiful acoustical, atmospheric intro that allows you to actually kind of take a breath because they've been smacking you in the fucking ear hole the whole time, or both ear holes, I should say. Um, also, it's just this is where you find out more. It's the fifth track. It tells the story of what happened to the Count and his wife on July 7th of 1777. Yes. The Count the had discovered his back. wife had been unfaithful to him and was pregnant with an illegitimate child. Enraged, he threw the Countess down the stairs, breaking her neck and causing the child to be stillborn. The Count had the body of the Countess cremated and the stillborn fetus he named Abigail and had mummified and laid to rest in a sarcophagus. The Count having an inexplicable urge to preserve Abigail for the future. And they never really explain why. Like... Who is Abigail's daddy? Is all I'm saying. You know, they kind of hint. They don't. He never comes right out and tells you. I have my theories. Um, just fucking an awesome track, dude. Again, we have a winner here, folks. Fuck what yeah. What do you say, Bush? Dude, I really love Andy's acoustic intro here, uh, and those keys set. There's this eerie yes. fucking tone. Cool, heavy riffing kind of mid-tempo it's not like blasting the face rock no um, and we flash back to 1777 at this point and, and like you said you know count de la fay you know has found flashbacks his within flashbacks yeah, found out his wife's been cheating and he's you know just so incensed because the baby about to be born is a bastard child and these are lyrics he's using this is such a brilliantly written fucking song it's a bastard child and he says it will never inherit what is mine. So he pushes the countess down the stairs, breaking her neck, like you said. He says the embryo, which I think is so much grosser and creepier, came out dead. Burns' his wife, or yeah, Burns' his wife, names the stillborn child Abigail and mummifies her. Dude, the solos in this are fucking sick, and this is one of my all-time favorite King Diamond vocals. Yes, this he's fucking phenomenal on this song. 
What a great fucking song. phenomenal. It's pure fucking evil. Yes. But my God, King fucking delivers, and this is why he is one of my favorite vocalists of all time. Uh, I'll take Omens. Um, great chugging opening riffs. It's very short lyrically. Basically, the whole story misses. There's a rotten smell, a table set for three, an empty cradle <laughs> swaying in the air. Solos are good, but not great. Vocally, it's good, but not great. For me, this is the down point of the album. It, you know, the other one you thought I was kind of down on. This one, like if I was going to eliminate a record or a track off the album, just to eliminate it, it would be Omens. Okay. And not horrible. Um, well, I'm going to use okay. a pun here. Something's rotten in Denmark. Oh, Get it? He's from Denmark. It's it's still, I think, another really cool track, though. I uh, it, it it as far as the whole album, and I'm talking not just the, the album. The band was just firing on all cylinders. Um, you know, they this is at a point where shit's just getting weird, man. Uh, it's in the summer of 1845, uh, during which Jonathan and Miriam are beset by a range of almonds. The church bell rings, despite nobody being inside to ring it. Flowers die, unwholesome stenches fill the house, and in the dining room, the table is discovered set for three. So that's what I meant by something's rotten in Denmark. I mean, he is Danish after all, so I'm, I'm assuming the story takes place there. In one incident, an empty cradle is discovered by Jonathan swaying in the air with both him and Miriam insisting that they didn't bring it with them. So story-wise, line-wise, it, it helps keep the story together. Uh, you got to have that that middle part that glues everything together. Um, I like it. Probably my least favorite track on the album. Though. Okay, so we, we we agree on that. Right, I like it. Okay. I'm not dogging it. It's cool. I mean, I mean, I mean, this is like saying, "All right, there's three amazing blowjobs, and this is my least favorite blowjob." You yes, know what I mean? You know, like that's really that's, a fair analogy because when I say if I had to take a song off, this would be the song I take off. It doesn't mean I want to take the song off when I when I listen to the album. And oh, I couldn't imagine it with that. It's the nine tracks was perfect, just yes. perfect. Yes, eight would eight. If, if this little stupid part that seems to not matter wasn't there, it would be empty. Like, I don't know if I'd say it doesn't matter because any it, with any possession story, dude, you have to have infestation first, and this is the infestation. That's what I mean, when I say it, it would be empty if I took this song out. Right. You know what I mean? It's it's probably right. definitely my least favorite on the album. Right. But it's not bad. I don't skip it. Fuck no. Fuck no. I don't skip sense? a track on this record, dude. Uh, take the possession. All right, man. Um uh, I like this song a lot because this is when shit just really kicks into gear story-wise, storyline-wise too. And even musically, I mean, it's just a killer sabbatic sabbatic riff you know me i love my sabbath uh it, it, and it like the the story kicks into gear and man king diamond's just off the charts with his fucking vocals this track is just so fucking creepy especially when it says when uh on the very next morning when the mist was eaten away by the sun miriam grew hour by hour and jonathan he cried he knew the ghost had been telling the truth so this was nine 
almost as in nine months, even though it's not nine months, but that's what I get out of it. Yeah, like the 18 becomes oh, nine is what I don't understand. Yeah, that's a little weird, and I'm kind of hoping they kind of explain that. Um, like nine becomes six hours would make more sense. <laughs> you know. Yeah, but even this part, the pregnancy would not last overnight. Oh, she started singing a lullaby, rocking the cradle again, and then she said, I'm having your baby, my love. I mean, it's just so fucking creepy. Um, I mean, and right here it even says about the day after the events of the previous track, Miriam is clearly pregnant and the fetus develops quickly. Jonathan realizes the family ghost was speaking the truth. The fatal crisis begins when Jonathan accuses Abigail of possessing Miriam and Abigail, through Miriam, admits it. So, yeah, I mean, she's taking full control of his woman. Yeah, this is, and, you know, what are you doing here, priest? You know, Yeah, it's fucking, yeah, this I, is where I, it's yeah, like, dude, shit's about to I get real. I don't know if you can see it, but I'm goose pimpling on this fucking track. Uh, it's very weird musically. It's got that yes. strange guitar solo before that acoustic part. You know, and with these dark, heavy organ type keyboards i mean but it works it does. doesn't it it's very evil it's very creepy but to the mind that listens to music on the regular it's weird but i maybe that's why i like it though because with not to say that you don't but that's one thing we've said before about king diamond and merciful fate they kind of went and uh, that's why i could see why so many thrash metal bands and black metal bands and even extreme metal death metal bands put merciful fate and, and king diamond as an influence because i hear it you know because it's just so weird but yet it works Hell it's like yeah. dude I don't, yeah. I don't have a lot to say about this i mean it's right right same here and as you notice as i go on my my notes are less and less because i almost feel like i'm repeating myself my notes if that makes get, any sense my notes sense. tend to get more and more because i'm picking up more you know on the latter half of this album uh, right on creepy lyrics and like you said miriam growing hour by hour she'll give birth soon jonathan knows the ghost has been telling the truth um miriam's possessed by the spirit of abigail just flat out he's like oh shit and you start to wonder because a lot of uh, king diamond's lyrics and stories are such mind fucks is it actually happening or is the protagonist just going fucking insane well, they never really say, I think it is happening. It's, um, it's and I'll tell you why I think that later. Huh? I said, I, I think it's open to uh, individual interpretation because if you mm. happen to see a ghost that tells you these things, but then you see this body growing and growing, I, I don't know. It's 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 super creepy. It's, it's way better than you see in any uh, specifically modern horror. It, oh, yeah. Absolutely brilliant. Yeah. We get to I, w I wish I had a lot of money because I'd be like, Keen, let's make a movie. Let's do a movie based on this story. We get to the title track, Abigail. This is a cool fucking tune. The riffing is fucking awesome. Uh, the story of I mean, Jonathan talking to Abigail inside his wife. He's arguing with the fucking demon. He wants to call a priest, but you know, Miriam breaks Abigail's control just long enough. To basically say there's no time, remember the stairs, it's the only, it's the way. only way. Yeah. yeah. And the solo after that line. Holy by both fuck. Mike and Andy. The yeah. first solo is by Mike, which is phenomenal. Yeah. And that's right after I am alive inside your wife, Miriam's yeah. dead, I am her head. Yes, but remember you know, the stairs, I, it's the only way. And then this fucker hits. Oh my 
God. Like a fucking <laughs> sledgehammer, dude. It's fucking like, amazing. You know? yeah. yeah. You know, and Jonathan says there's nothing he could do but give in, and Miriam agrees. Abigail takes over, saying, soon she'll be free. And that's the last you hear of it in this track. And you just have this musical barrage. This is such a great song. This is like you're getting to the crescendo. You know? Yes. It's Stephen, or not Stephen King, King Diamond is, yeah, he's an artist, man. I mean, he's brilliant yeah. at bringing things to a head. No matter which story he tells, whether it's short like in The Spider's Lullaby or long like in this album or all of his other concept albums, he just, he brings it here, but he's about to take you here. What do you yes. think of Abigail? My favorite fucking song on the album. Um, I saw him play this live. It was amazing. I can't really add much more to it, bro. You pretty much said, and, and I threw in some things too, like pretty much just in agreement with everything you see. I mean, this is everything you said. I mean, this is the part where, like I said, it's really the climax of the story and the album. You know, it depicts Jonathan in his struggle to save his wife, who has now just been totally possessed by the spirit of Abigail. Um, yeah, it's it's a phenomenal track. It's a phenomenal album. I know we got one more track. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much all I got to say. All right. Give me Black Horseman. You're really going to laugh at my notes on this one, man. Um, Black Horseman, like this entire album, in one word, two words, wait, fucking epic. I mean, this is where you find out about the Horseman, and this is why I think that it did happen, dude, because the Horseman warned him, and then they come back, and that's and the album goes full circle. Much like King, uh, Queensryche's Operation Mindcrime, it yes. starts off with, I remember now. That's how the fucking record ends, and it's exactly the same way. The only thing is, man... And I kind of wish King would have done the whole fucking funeral thing at the end, too. Like, do it at the beginning and the end. Um, because, I don't know, maybe he was worried he might have gotten accused of ripping. Because, you know, both albums came out around the same time or the same year. I think this might have come out before Operation Mind Crime. I, I'm not sure about that. It was 87. Um, yes, this album came out in 87. Mind Crime came out, ooh, May 3rd, 1988. So this has got almost a year on it, man. And uh, But it would have been really cool for them to end the album with the funeral, like start it the way you begin it, kind of like they did with Mind Crime, man. I remember now. And 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 that's all they would have. They even had to do the whole prayer. They just could have ended it with we are here to bury abigail lafay yeah. boom that's the end of the album yeah but i think it's great i think this record is great i understand why so many people feel it is his greatest record i'm gonna say it right now man doing this review i've always loved abigail don't don't get it twisted guys but i've always been like well them that's my favorite I think this might be fucking tied with it now, Bushy. I mean, what an what a fantastic record. I mean, I've always been a King Diamond Mercil Fate fan, but I have to say, I think of the older I've gotten, I've just gotten where I appreciate him and, and both bands so much more than I ever have because they're just they're so different and so unique and just so uh, kind of ahead of their time in some ways, you know. And uh, 
Yeah, I mean, just the the musicianship, and I mean, the whole this, in my opinion, and and I know dinner wasn't on them, and the guy he got on that record's great too. But holy fuck, man, I think this might be the greatest King Diamond lineup ever. I uh, I don't necessarily disagree. Here's the funny thing is, uh, I mean, you had Pete Black on the on them and Al Pacino on bass, and, and they were great too. Like I said, man, don't get me wrong, I love me oh, some them. Man. Love them, but listening to this album the way I did for this review because it's not an album I go back to a lot has definitely changed my mind. Um, I will say, as your notes got shorter, mine got longer. I have a mm -hmm. page and a half I'm about to read for you. Oh, that's cool! That's cool, man. Uh, Black Horseman, the longest song of the album, clocking yes, at, uh, seven minutes 39 seconds. Well, like I said, fucking epic, fucking epic go ahead. track. Never gets boring. Mm -mm. Because, no. You know, because of all the changes throughout this fucking song. The opening really reminds me of Fractured Mirror by Ace Fraley at first. It, it's got no, I never really thought about it, but you're kind of right, man. Got that Fractured Mirror off the 78 solo album. Until that acoustic classical guitar starts anyway. You know, once, once you get the... Basically, this part of the song tells of Miriam killing Jonathan, pushing him down the stairs. Um, the second act picks up with a great bass riff. Mm. Oh, and, and, you know, just cool guitars going on. But, man, that bass, you know, Timmy Hansen just really stuck out to me when I was hearing it. Oh, and this fuck, part dude. tells of Abigail being born again, killing Miriam in the process. So the evil is back. The, the last thing she saw was a pair of yellow eyes. So that what's that tell you? We all know who her daddy was, all right? We know yellow eyes. Come on, dude. Help me out. You don't... You don't the devil, dude. Oh, okay. Well, I always think of the devil with red eyes. No, the devil has yellow eyes. Watch the exorcist. Those eyes are yellow. They are. They are. The last thing she saw was a pair of yellow eyes. King talks of... Uh, uh, what does it say? King talks of how you can still hear her screaming if you're walking yes. the stairs in July. And then you get to the third act. We have three musical parts happening in this song. The third act is the Black Horseman riding from beyond. Yeah, the seven Black Horsemen. Yeah, so they're riding from beyond, so they're dead as well. And you find out that these were the people that killed the baby in the first place. Back in 1777, uh, they find Abigail eating. Oh, I cannot tell you. How horrifying is that? Did he can't even tell you what she's eating on? So it's left to uh, her imagination. I, I think it's eating her own previous body. I think I that, think you so. know. Yeah, though the fact that it is found in the sarcophagus right here says right. suggests that Abigail is eating her own previous body. Uh, Paul, they Look, take her away to bury her in a hidden chapel in the forest with seven silver spikes driven through her body you don't a burial it. heard as the intro to the album look at fucking this shit scares me it's so creepy they take the hope to that the this will prevent in the forest to kill her which is what we hear at funeral funeral yes. is not them killing abigail no, the deed's already been done funeral is the end of the album and I wonder if it would work. One of these days, I'm going to move Funeral to the end and listen to it from Arrival on and see. I think I might try to work. listen to it 
listen to funeral in the beginning and the end kind of do an operation mind crime now here's my final thoughts this song is just an epic fucking track and a great way to close the album great solos melodies lyrics i love that it can be broken into three acts and how musically every act is different and builds to this killer crescendo the last minute of this fucking song is some of the greatest music you will ever hear bravo this is my favorite song on the album black horseman can't go wrong dude it's a fucking epic track man and the funny thing is is even though they're not really considered progressive rock or heavy metal they were influenced by progressive rock and progressive metal they say that uh, um as part of their thing and you can kind of tell um you can tell but i think the thing that makes them stand apart and i mean merciful fate as well as, as king diamond is the fact that because i mean literally with the king diamond band at this point in time with abigail you have almost half the band of, of merciful fate right. essentially right. you know because that was the whole reason why they did what they did is they 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 didn't want to stop doing what they were doing they you know it's hank sherman that wanted to go and a more commercial direction, which was a colossal failure. But you know, uh, yeah, dude. I mean, uh, like, like you said, it doesn't bore you. You don't get bored this. with it, and that's why I think Merciful Fate slash King Diamond is better than Iron Man. Yeah, I said it. Shots fired. I prefer them. I prefer them. Let's just put it that way. That's just my opinion. I think they they're just flat out better, man. I think that this was a phenomenal album and yeah, I'm I'm gonna put it right up there with uh them as far as King Diamond albums. Uh Merciful Fate, King Diamond, fucking rules. There's a reason why we have him on Halloween and uh every year and i can't wait until we do the next king diamond album or maybe a merciful fate album we're going to do those too uh yeah it should be a very it's a, it's been a it's been a halloween thing every year and i liked because we did them and then i think we did conspiracy the following year and now we've done abigail um i felt like we had to do abigail abigail it is kind of considered oh excuse me i'm tired guys it's been a long day long fucking week abigail is considered the greatest King Diamond album, and I, and I, I can see why. I disagree. You know, after going back and listening, you know, for this review, uh, for this Halloween special, um, them has such a special place in my heart. You know, and thanks to Angelo Iolotti. I'm not talking personal favorite, bro. I'm talking objectively. Uh, I know, I know that objectively, but that's okay. what I'm saying. Them has such a special place in my heart. And oh, then, I love you know, it. Special thanks out to Angelo Iolotti for, yeah, Italians, because fucking New York. You know, um, for introducing me to King Diamond with them. But going back and listening to this and thinking back to the nightmares it gave me, I had the most fucked up Kafka dreams. I don't remember what the dreams were. I just remember that I woke up terrified. And having to turn all the lights on in my room, 
that's my lamp and my overhead, obviously. Open my door, turn the hall light on, turn the bathroom light on, turn the family room light on. Wow. So you kind of had what I call the exorcist effect. It, it scared the shit out of me. And the exorcist did that to me, man. I was like fucking scared dude, of the dark. Several, I was scared. Yes. And several times while we've been talking about this album, I've thrown my arm up there to show the fucking my hair fucking rising just as I'm fucking talking about this album. It still terrifies me. Uh, <clears throat> objectively, I think the critics are right on this one, and the critics are never fucking right. Objectively, I think they're right. It is probably the greatest King Diamond band album. Objectively. Subjectively, it's it's nudging them into second Dude, place. it's right there with me, man. <laughs> after here, after studying it for this, I'm going, holy fuck. And don't get me wrong, I've always loved Abigail. Let's not, let's not think, you know, but my God. And also, I think maybe just sitting here and listening to, because I used my earbuds, I used my headphones, so I took it all in. Yes. I do think there's a difference between, I mean, I listened to it around the house when I was doing laundry and working around here, but then I put in my earbuds. And I was like, whoa, daddy. Yeah. You know, and I think that a lot of times I love to listen to music on a headphones or earbuds because I hear things that I don't really notice on my external speakers, you know. And I mean, just the, man, this was a shit hot lineup. I mean, they were amazing. And I said, essentially, you had half of Merciful Fate on this right. record. Just, just include, you know, Eddie LaRock and fucking Mickey D. Boy, that sucks. Yeah, I mean, you got Timmy Hansen, you got Michael Dinner, and King Diamond with Andy LaRock and Mickey D. Are you fucking kidding me? What, what, what a shit show that was. How'd you get that yeah. off the ground? Yeah, I mean, fuck, Mickey D, man. And look who he's played with. He's been with King Diamond. He's fucking been with Motorhead. Now he's fucking playing drums with the fucking Scorps. You know, like, fuck. You know? All around great record, um... I, I'm glad we went to this one. I had actually suggested. I am too. I'm glad because I mean, at first I this, thought about because I think you would suggest because oh. I had said the eye. Yeah, you suggested the eye, which we will do. But I was just like, you know, man, it's kind of like the elephant in the room. If we don't do Abigail pretty soon, people are going to start fucking saying, "What the fuck, man?" I don't know. I think we could have got a gone another two or three Halloween. We probably <laughs> could have. <laughs> But I mean, I have so much fun covering King Diamond and, and Merciful Fate, man. I'm almost like, fuck, let's do a Merciful Fate King Diamond podcast. <laughs> you know, like know. that's how much fun I've had with this. It's just so fucking awesome. And it's such a different kind of Which I wouldn't say change the plug. I'm talking in addition to yeah, the plug. Yeah. Like no, I know exactly uh, what you're saying. It's, yeah. it's such a different kind of metal. I, I think you know, if Black Sabbath invented metal and Priest defined metal, fucking Merciful Fate and then later King Diamond said, hey, 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 let's do this with metal. And it changed the genre. And they don't get the credit because Maiden does a lot of changes, but Maiden is very repetitive. Uh, and look, let, let me... <sighs> We're not gonna, I, we're, I know sometimes it sounds like I shit on Maiden. Guys, I don't. I love Iron Maiden, okay? And I'm one of those guys that loves Bruce Dickinson and Paul Diano, okay? I love me some Maiden. Those albums are fucking beyond classic. But I gotta be honest with you, man. Um, now, I know King, I know Merciful Fate is working on a new album, and I know 
King Diamond's working on a new album. He's been working on one. Now he's saying 24, maybe 25. Right. It's and I know it takes place in an asylum. He actually yes. did a couple of songs, and they were fucking amazing. I just think, and maybe part of the reason why is it's the same reason why people go, oh, well, you know, because I, you know, when I say certain things about certain bands, oh, you know, they're not hungry anymore. Anybody that's expecting a legacy artist to do the kind of an album or do anything that's going to even begin to match their classic stuff. And, and when I'm talking about that, I'm talking about bands like Metallica. I'm talking about even Megadeth or uh, Ozzy, you know, people like that. But then somebody will always still overkill in my face. Yeah. But here's the thing. Overkill while they've had some success, they are not on the level, and I'm talking in the public consciousness or commercialized, yes, not you. fucking musicality, man. They are not, they are not, that's why they're still hungry, and it's why King Diamond and Ursula Fade are still hungry, and it's why this band on my fucking head, my favorite thrash metal band right now, and have been for years, um, you know, I mean, yeah, get the, Get the fuck out of here, man! It's 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 amazing to me that um, people don't like Fate and Diamond. I kind of give a pass to not liking his voice. I kind of do, but if you can't get into it with the storytelling and the musicality. I, I, I just don't know. Maybe you just don't like horror at all. And horror is definitely not my favorite genre, but King Diamond does it amazing, whether he's yes. with, whether he's with fucking Fate or you know, the band under his name. Um, I think some people don't like it because they don't like anything that's evil. Right, and, yeah. You're going to always have those kind of people, and you're always going to have people who, well, like, believe it or not, my, my co-host of the metal Mike show bill he's not a big horror guy he don't really like scary movies and part of the reasons they give him nightmares so he doesn't watch shit like jaws or the exorcist or any of that stuff man um I, and I uh, but even he likes movie. merciful fate even he likes some merciful fate and king diamond and he even said he goes at first he didn't know quite how to take king's voice it's one of those things where i think there's three categories there's some people who love it instantly there's some people who fucking hate it, it or there's some instantly. people like me that was like what is this but once i got it i got it and now i'm all in and have been you know yeah. to where like see, i said see, the older so i've gotten me because you were exposed to more rock and metal at a younger age and more mm -hmm. diverse rock and metal i mean i got exposed to kiss and acdc and sabbath and zeppelin at like eight years old but when i heard king diamond them my buddy gave me that tape to listen to immediately I got it yeah like immediately you know the the, the creepy intro you know where well it wasn't the music so much it was Keen's vocals that kind of I was like I it's not that I hated it but it was just see, again I it was one of those it. things Bushy it's kind of like the way I was even with when I first heard Kill em All or Slayer Show No Mercy what is this new sound I have to take in and do I like it can I ask I, you? I, can I, can I, ask I was you? also a little creeped out by it, dude. I mean, 
Okay, I guess in a way you just said yourself you were scared the first time you... Well, I was fucking scared the first time I heard Melissa. I hadn't heard anybody seem like that before. I mean, I've heard your Halfords and your Dio's and people like that. I wasn't scared when I heard them. When I went back to Abigail, that's the first thing that ever... Oh, okay. I keep thinking Abigail, but it was really them that introduced you. Them, Conspiracy, the I, Abigail, is how I listened to Okay. And and, and King Diamond, that Abigail fucking gave me nightmares listening to it falling asleep but i do have a question uh when you say um holy fuck how do i take this voice in because it was such a strange voice from the guttural grouse it sounded like something from another dimension to me for me almost supernatural for me being five years six years younger growing up really listening to the glam era where everybody had soaring vocals you think maybe it was more accessible for me to catch it then because I was mm. already used to hearing the false maybe shit. maybe maybe I, I mean that's that's because I got it I got King Diamond immediately I understood it um you might be on to something there because I mean to me as far as like Vocally, I mean, I I loved Halford and I loved Dickinson and Diano and and obviously I was you know, I mean even even D Snyder had a set of pipes, so it's not like I didn't have. Uh, but I don't know, though. King Diamond to me was just on another level, and the fact that he could get so low, almost death metal like, yes. but then get ah, and and like and those high notes, man, it sounded like something. Like dude, to me, he did. I was like, where the fuck is this? What where where's this guy from? Is is he from another dimension? Is he supernatural? Like it just kind of creeped me out, but it was, it was like that, like a scary movie. Like it's like the exorcist. I'm horrified, but fascinated at the same time. And, and that's what it was with merciful fate for me, dude. I mean, the artwork, I mean, come on, dude, the cover to Melissa and even don't break the oath of the devil. So badass and evil. It was like the most evil cover I saw at that time. And before that, I thought, you know, come on. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I was just like, you know, fuck, man, you know, like, but then I remember thinking, believe it or not, you're going to laugh. But I thought Holy Diver was one of the most evil covers I'd ever seen. I remember when my brother brought that home. and I was like, whoa, you know, and oh, fucking demons drowning a fucking priest. Oh my God, this is insane. You know, now, you know, it's not that big a deal. But at the time, man, you know, and, and that's why I've always said that to me, um, 1980 was the greatest year in traditional hard rock and heavy metal. 1986 was the greatest year in thrash metal. You know, you got 87 and a few other years after that were great. Oh, but for me, Abigail. when it came to being a Black Sabbath maniac, 1983 was a great year. That year alone, Bark the Moon, Born Again, Holy Diver. I'm done. Yeah. Boom. I, if you're a fucking fan of Black Sabbath and the Sabbath family tree, it just don't get any better, man. Right, right. You know, like I was like, holy fuck. I mean, like, I, and that's why, to be, believe it or not, as much as I like Perfect Strangers and I like that record and I even liked it when it came out, part of me was a little bummed out that Ian Gillen left Sabbath. I was kind of hoping he could do both because I loved Born Again that much. And you had Dio doing his thing with Holy Diver. I was like, oh my God. Now we're getting three awesome bands out yes. of this instead of yes. just two, you know. Um, but then again, it was, and I, I got to be honest with you, I went back and less listened to a lot of the Tony Martin stuff 
uh, which to me is the Tony Iommi band. It's no longer really Black Sabbath oh, at all at that point. But I tuned out at the time. I tuned out. I did not listen to Black Sabbath. Um, and there were several reasons for that. One of the main reasons for me was when he put out that album, which actually had Glenn Hughes on vocals, which incidentally, he's coming to our small theater here. Glenn Hughes is going to be at the Wildy, and me and Bill got tickets, man. And he's That's doing nothing but his deep purple stuff. That's badass. Dude, I saw him a while back with the Dead Daisies. There's my poster right there. And... I that was me. They did. He did mistreated. If you've ever watched the video that Bill shot, I mean, here's Glenn. Who's he's fucking an old man, dude, and he can still hit those notes, yeah, man. I mean, he still can deliver it. He doesn't have to. And I'm not putting anybody else down when I say that. You know, when the they got age, a downturn or whatever. Age affects us all, but fuck some yeah, people, it seems to defy them. I mean, Michael Sweet of Striper. I, I saw him at the Rocket Pod you weren't at, and he still hit that note at the. Well, he still got it. Soldiers under Michael Grand. still got it. You know, uh, Glenn Hughes, fucking these guys. Oh, I, mean, I don't Sammy, know. Sammy, and, and you know I'm a Sammy fan. So here you go, Mark. I'm going to try to suck Sammy's dick while putting him down. Sammy can't do like he could do in the 80s and 90s. He still sounds great. Yes. But he cannot. You know, another guy who I think kept his voice King until, Diamond, I guess, just however, recently. I saw him last year. King Diamond could still fucking climb. Yes. King Diamond is amazing. Could you imagine? Live. I've seen him Stanley twice, dude, in the last fucking five years, and he was great both times. And that's a man who. Can you imagine Paul Stanley trying to hit those falsettos? He Ain't no fucking way, dude. Let that motherfucker try to sing My Way now. And yes, I know. You fucking Kiss fans don't like My Way. Vocally. Paul Stanley's greatest fucker performance ever. I hey, don't care. Did, did I not say that? You did did I, say see, that. I was able to. I'm. Uh, I can do that sometimes. Yes. I can isolate shit, and I'm going. You know, I don't really care for this style of rock or metal. Yeah. I don't. I'm not. Everybody knows that is not one of my Kiss albums, but. Paul sounds great on that album. As far he put his heart and soul into that Probably record, man. You can tell he really. But you know what? I think he sings his ass off on Carnival of Souls too. Oh, I don't think he gets credit enough for that record, that's dude. An album we have to talk about one day because oh yeah, that's such a shit upon album, and it should not be shat upon at all. No, I think it's a good record, man. Yeah. I like it. I've always liked Carnival of Souls. But imagine Paul trying to do my way today. There's no fucking way, dude. He couldn't even do the songs. Like, like, are you kidding me, man? There's no way he could do Master and Slave. And he hit some high-ass notes with that fucking song. Yeah, he could yeah, or, or the other one um, that he does, It Never Ends. I love yeah. that song. But, it never ends. There's King, nothing I can say. But King Diamond can still hit all those notes. Yes, he still and so can Glenn Hughes. Like Ozzy and, and, and Glenn are buddies, and they joked a while back because Ozzy's like, You did as much coke as me, and you can still hit those fucking notes, man. You know, how do you do it? You know, because like Ozzy, but that's one thing I love about Ozzy. He'll fucking flat out tell you, Hey, I can't do it. Yeah. Like, there's a. There's some video footage. It's in one of the documentaries where he's rehearsing with Zach, and Zach's like, Well, look, boss, I'm going to, I'm going to down tune this and stuff, which ain't a big deal to you. You, you were in a band that down-tuned everything. You know, he goes, I mean, come on, man. 
this ain't 1992 anymore, boss. You know, in other words, like I can't, you know, I, you know, bro, I love you, but you can't hit those notes anymore. So I'm not going to put you okay, in I that have, situation where you have to try to. I have a question that's very important because I have not yes. seen this documentary. Did Zach actually call him boss? He always calls him boss. That's you never notice that? Fucking beautiful. No, because I'm drunk. Dude, I've been. No, drunk. yeah, he does. Yeah, he calls him boss a I've lot. Been drinking shine. I've been drinking beer. And I've been drinking. Uh, yeah, he he fire. calls him boss. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah, it's I hilarious. Love fucking Zach Wild, dude. Oh, I, I do too, man. Guy. He's like, you also, know, I'm not trying. No disrespect, boss, but this ain't 1992. Such an unsung vocalist. Yes, and if you've noticed, one thing that's cool about him, like the last few times I've seen him with Ozzy, he'll do the backup vocals, and his voice is kind of similar to Ozzy's. Yeah. Him and Ozzy harmonize great together. Awesome. So, you know, Ozzy even said, he goes, Zach helps me, man. It's not just his guitar playing, it's fucking insane, too, you know? So, Here, I'm, um, I'm, I'm give props to the Beatles right now. Listen to Zach Wilde's version of Come Together. <laughs> Where it's just him and the piano and the bass. Oh, yeah, it's badass. Oh, and then... Oh, man. Fucking... It, it is my favorite recorded version of Come Together. That's over... Have you ever... The Beatles, that's over fucking Aerosmith, who did a quality cover. Zach... Is Wall that one of your favorite Beatles songs? I actually don't like that song. Really? Yeah. I, oh. I, I, like, when Aerosmith plays it, I skip. Like, ah, eh, whatever. See, I love that fucking like Zach on the piano. And he's singing that soulful, down-home Mississippi Delta blues kind of vocal that Zach Wilde is so, he's so fucking good at. Like, if Zach was not a metalhead, the man would be a great blues man. Oh, yeah. I'm shocked he hasn't done a blues project, to be honest I, with you. Them fucking... What are those two fucking stupid acoustical fucking albums he did? Shadow Book of Shadows? Yeah. I, I've tried. I've tried. I like them. You don't like them? I do. I'm bored. See, I, I dig it. You know, is it something I want to listen to every fucking day of the week? No, but every once in a while, if I want to hear something mellow. And, and I also appreciate the fact that Zach was willing to try something different and put himself out there. Yeah. I respect that. Okay, that's... Yeah, I, I respect him. I'm not saying I hate him. I didn't say you didn't. You know, I mean, like, you know, I mean, not everything can be nothing but a good time, Bush. Well, I know it can't. Damn it, I wish it could. <laughs> I wish it wasn't. I'm glad it ain't. Wouldn't we all be happier if we got high and had nothing but a good time? Yeah, see? But the getting now, high part is cool. How the fuck do you argue that point? <laughs> but the fucking song, man. Jeez. Oh, it's a great tune. We got to get out of here. We've been hanging yes. out. This is Metal Mike. I am Bushy. You've been watching the Plug Podcast. We haven't done one of these uh, in a while or ever. I'm not sure. We got to get that YouTube page going. So we got to get that going. We got to be doing this on a more consistent yeah. basis. We're, we're so lazy. Um, I, I it ain't lazy. It's fucking getting the, the shit kicked out of you by life lately. Well, it's funny. I just posted, you know, we got 5,000 downloads, you know, and... No, we're real close to ten thousand, but that's the that's the badge we had. And you know, Mark Taylor, he's like, "Oh, I got forty four thousand. Well, bitch, your wife doesn't like you, and you just sit in the studio all day recording podcasts. Fuck you. We have lives." <laughs> <laughs>
Damn. Shots fired. Um, <laughs> Love no. You, no shit. But no, yeah. Should we have more? Of course. But we work 12-hour shifts to your little eight-hour suck a Mickey's dick shifts. <laughs> I don't work 12-hour shifts, but let's just put it this oh, way. Oh, never mind. Metal Mike it, has no excuses. I work 12-hour shifts, bitch. <laughs> An infection preventionist's job, an infection preventionist nurse's job is never done. Right. It just isn't. I mean, it's a constant, ongoing thing. And just when I think I'm on top of shit, something comes along, fucking goes, oh no, oh no. And, and bitch slaps me and I'm like oh, you know I mean so it's it's just one of them things man are we going to do any uh, plugs my friend because I think because we haven't done a live show or done an actual show show in a while um, I've got three of them oh, well two of them well give them to me because now I have to think I gotta I gotta I gotta doctor fuck this no you go so I can look at my shit <laughs> <laughs> right on man um Okay, the first uh, band I'm going to plug is a really cool band. They're from Wyoming. I'm, I'm Facebook friends with the guitar player by the name of Jeremy Amack. They're called The Band Repent. And uh, they are a uh, blackened thrash metal band, much like uh, um, Blackfast. Really, really cool. They just came out with this album. It's called The Reckoning. The production is fucking phenomenal. And they're really, I mean, the vocals are very, um, because most like black metal, all I, to me, there's different styles of extreme metal vocals. You got your cookie monster vocals. You also got what I call your golem vocals, you know, golem yeah. from Lord of the Rings. Um, this is more golem like vocals with maybe a bit of cookie monster. But the musicianship and the production's amazing. And uh, they're really cool guys. Uh, I'm, I'm friends with uh, Dominic Ambrose as well, the drummer. And uh, they're, they've been going on tour. I'm going to be doing an interview with these guys in the near future, or at least Jeremy. And uh, I've been playing them on my show. I bought the album on Bandcamp. They sent me an actual physical copy of the CD as well. Um, I couldn't be happier or prouder of them. The Band Repent. That's what they call themselves, The Band Repent. Check them out if you like your heavier metal. And here lately, I have been listening to a lot of really heavy stuff, man. This other band is a band called Entheos. That's funny. Me too. And they are a progressive metal, um, technical death metal band. Um yeah, technical death metal, progressive metal, uh, some deathcore elements. It's a, uh, it's a, 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 a lady singer and the drummer. They, uh, they're the main band members. Uh, there's Evan Brewer. Uh, he's the, uh, uh, and what's really cool is they're like a super group, man. They're from um, ex members of Animosity, Animals as Leaders, which Animals as Leaders is an instrumental band, and then the Faceless. Uh, and then there's Naveen Copperweiss. Um, I got to meet them. I bought a vinyl. They signed it for me. I seen them a while back with um, Revocation as well, which is a technical death metal band. And I got to admit, I'm starting to kind of get into some technical death metal because when you see these bands live, I mean, the musicianship is just mind-blowing, mind-blowing. And um, I saw Unearth with Revocation and these guys and a really great thrash metal band called High Command. Check them out as well, um, If you, especially if you like old-school Slayer. 
especially like show no mercy hello waits type of slayer yeah, yeah, really yeah. really cool stuff man um so you got like had a such brutal mark nah, huh you. i what? said i said especially if you like the brutal so mark <laughs> it's not for you <laughs> No, no, uh, Mark, uh, and, and I understand that, like, Bildo's not real big on the real Cookie Monster vocals, but it is weird with him, like, certain bands, though, he can, like, um, Bellacore, and bands like that, Bill can kind of get, I mean, once you learn to get kind of past the vocals, and I know that might sound fucked up, but I don't know, either I've gotten used to it, it doesn't bother me as it much anymore, also, I almost look at it as an up. instrument unto itself. It does I, not sound fucked up, because remember, two years ago, we would have had this conversation, I would not have wanted to hear anything yourself. You wouldn't have given any of this the time of day. Nope. And now, you know, I, I have five stations programmed into my series. Hair Nation, because fucking duh. Ozzy's Boneyard, because fucking duh. duh. Fox News, because fucking duh. <laughs> Octane, um, that's weird. <laughs> but I want to know what... What's the, Octane? Octane exactly. is the rock and... Octane is what rock and roll was on Top 40 Radio in the 80s and 90s. Oh, okay, okay, I can handle that. It's everything that's popular in the rock scene. Yeah, and during that time period. No, no, it's today. Oh, okay. It's bands out today. And of course, mm. we'll play some old stuff too. So you hear some stuff that's radio friendly that I'm not familiar with. So every oh, okay, while, fair enough. Okay. Every once in a while I go there. And then I stay on fucking liquid metal. Like, I drive to work on the news because I want to know what's going on in the world, and I don't want to be told that Biden's the greatest thing ever. And then I come home listening to Liquid Metal. Right on, man. It's weird how much... Well, I noticed when we went to... Because I rode with you a lot in your car at Rockin' Pod, man, and you were like, and you were digging it, man. They were playing Obituary. They were playing, like, a, a lot of really heavy bands, and Bushy was all about it. I'm, like, looking at him, like, Fuck, man, somebody replace you with a pod person because this is more my jams, you know. But that's what's weird with me is I can tell you and talk to you a band like Haunt, which is very old school. I mean, they're they're part of what is called new wave of traditional hard rock and heavy metal, and I love them. It's uh, it's one of the bands from the guy who does uh, Beast Maker, great doom metal band. Trevor William Church mentioned him more than once. Uh, in fact, we mentioned him on that. Is Rock is dead because he's one of those DIY guys. Yes. And here's the other one. This guy, Jeremy, DIY. He's actually promoting shows himself. Like he's promoting tour packages. He is all, it's all DIY, man. And uh, I couldn't be prouder of him for that. And like I said, Entheos, the lead singer, she's a gal, cute as hell. But man, dude, she'll do, she'll do the clean melodic vocals, the Gollum vocals, and the Cookie Monster vocals. That's it's awesome. fucked up, That's man. Awesome. But I think you dig them, man. If you're if you're getting into shit like Orbit Culture and and Obituary, and you're asking, hey man, send me the new Borgir. I'm like, really? All right, cool. And which I'm dude, going to still. I heard this track the other day on Liquid Metal. I'm like, how do I know them? Cause like I like Cradle of Filth and I you know I like these things you know mm-hmm. it's just as I've gotten older 
maybe I'm just out of tune with what's going on with rock today, which is why I have Octane programmed. I want to hear what's happening. And a lot of those bands that are playing and headlining these fucking festivals, there aren't bands we know. No. I'm like... I mean, I've heard a few of them, but yeah, I'm not... It's like, they're not bad. I went back and... uh, Oh, man, who the fuck was it? I actually had Samuel Wetz send me their stuff. And I was like, this isn't bad. Was I being the old guy? And that's what I'm tired of. I'm tired of being the old guy. I'm tired of being the guy that says, I don't like this because it's not fucking CCR or it's not fucking Led Zeppelin or it's not Black Sabbath Aziera or it's not Kiss. You know, I'm, I'm tired of being that guy because I do love heavy music. My biggest problem was always, I didn't care about the blast beats. I didn't care about all that. I'm like, what the fuck are you saying? Not like metaphysically, like literally, what the fuck are you saying? <laughs> right, right. I get it. So I'm I get spending it. this time and I'm listening to these bands. And I'm like, as I continue to listen, like the music's banging. Sometimes it's still too much, but I'm listening. Well, I think what would be great is if you could see bands like this live, Bushy, because I'm telling you, like I didn't, I could tell Revocation was talented. Don't get me wrong. Like when you listen to their songs, you can go, wow, that's some solid music. But after seeing him live, I'm like, I bought me a revocation shirt. I bought me one of their shirts. I bought me a high com- like I bought not just their albums but their merch, man. Like I'm like, fuck yeah, you know, like this is badass. Like, you know, like guess what? It is possible to like different styles of rock and metal, folks. You don't have to fucking be so in your fucking. You know, I think there's so many people that they're they're in their comfort zone and they just will not. But the ones that really bother me are the ones that won't even give new bands a chance like at all like right. you'll tell them hey you like finn lizzie and iron maiden listen to haunt and they won't even listen to it they won't even give it a chance like i would right. send it to people i ain't even going to mention their names they never got back to me they never said hey i like it i think it sucks or nothing you know and i'm like i just came to the conclusion you didn't listen to it. look chris rock, not you chris rock said it best the music you listen to while you were first getting pussy is the music you're going to love for the rest of your life right <laughs> and, and and there's a lot of truth to that there there's is. a lot of truth to that now i grew up in a very diverse childhood so i was exposed to a lot of different things because i grew up in the fucking military overseas with right. all different races creeds cultures and religions you know uh, there's a lot of shit I like. I know. And, and, and you know, Dr. Fuck and even you sometimes and, and, and Wadzilla. Everybody likes to fuck with me because of the stupid shit I like. And I will admit it's stupid. I will defend Millie Vanilli to the dying breath. And I will say right here, publicly, people, Millie Vanilli deserves to get the Grammy back. Because if... My all-time favorite band, Kiss, could go out there and fucking lip-sync. Why the fuck did they get the Grammy taken away? There is one slight difference. Well, what's the difference? 
um, Paul's lip syncing to his old vocals. Oh yeah, There's, okay. It's still Paul Stanley vocals. Still lip syncing. Have you <clears throat> seen? Have you seen Fab Morgan do the song? Millie, Millie Vanilli. Millie Vanilli. See, you fuckers hate on Millie Vanilli, but you were well. Hear me out. You were all dancing to him back in 1987. I, I wasn't. I thought it sucked when it came out. I hated it then. You but I did tell my buddy who bought the album for his girlfriend. I was like, "Hey, bro, you need to take that tape. Fucking mark out Millie Vanilli and put various artists or or um no, I said a uh, mystery artist or whatever because nobody knew who it was, you know." And the rumor um, is the chick from uh, CSC Music Factory was not the singer on that album. Because apparently it was a heavy set black woman instead of that smoking fine fucking everything. Who knows? I, 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 I don't know, dude. I don't well, really care. Because I like was pop it, music. Well, I like pop music too. But but I'm saying then. I heard. I did even words. then. I mean, like I liked Michael Jackson. Oh my God. That's a typical white boy thing to say. Well, I like Michael. I liked Belle Biv DeVoe. I liked Bobby Brown. I liked the band Belle Biv DeVoe. Who were they before Belle Biv DeVoe? Um, New Edition. New Edition. I liked that shit. Paul Abdul. Yeah. Fucking, I liked it. Now, did I have their fucking posters on my wall? Did I buy their records? No. Okay, I didn't have the posters, but I definitely... Why? Because I had a limited income, and I bought what I liked best first. Really? So if it was a choice between you fucking Michael Jackson fucking and House. fucking Metallica, I bought Metallica. Okay. See, I definitely bought Michael Jackson before Metallica. Actually, I, <laughs> I was just using that as an example. Okay, let me let me rephrase that. I got Thriller. I bought Quiet Riot before I bought Thriller. Yeah, Thriller was given to me for Christmas. That's good for you. Because it was the <laughs> biggest record in the world. Huh? the biggest record in the world it was I'm, the- I'm not taking anything away from michael fuck, jackson dude can i ask you a question please I'm not taking anything away from him objectively yes objectively how the mm-hmm. fuck did the eagles finally outsell michael jackson well dude honestly uh, to me, it's weird. I know, I know you're comparing them because you know I think their greatest hits outsold Thriller, and it's went back and forth. Um, I love the Eagles. My dad was a big Eagles fan, so he played a lot of those records around me when I was a kid. I love, I still love the Eagles to this day. I think they're one of the great, greatest bands of all time. They're not heavy metal, no. but they are a great band, great, great songwriters, great harmonization, yeah. great musicianship. Great fucking band, man. I do not get some of the hate against the Eagles. I ne- I'm not saying you're hating on them, no, but I've never understood it. I've never understood it, man. I I'm like, fuck. Dig the Eagles, but I wicked dig the Eagles on a. I've never listened to a complete album. I know the hits. You know. Yeah, see, you need to dig, dive deeper, <laughs> man. I mean, they were to me the Eagles in some ways, and maybe this is kind of weird, uh, but I feel like. When it comes, and I'm just talking rock. I'm not talking heavy rock or hard rock or heavy metal. We're, we're talking I, music right now. Okay, but to, to me, the Eagles were to the '70s in some ways to what the Beatles were to the '60s. They were fucking huge, dude. And they came out with hit after hit after hit after hit, man. And much like the Beatles, they broke up. It got ugly. Fuck, it got so ugly they fought on stage. You almost got in a this fight on stage even the Beatles can't say that shit yeah but there's so, like 80s bands that can say that were they as big as the Eagles though or the Beatles 
I mean, Dokken can say that, but look, and I love Dokken, but Dokken, Dokken should have been bigger and might have been bigger if they could have taken their stupid fucking egos out of the equation. I mean, they had the same fucking management group as Metallica, for fuck's sake. Right. Hello? So, uh, so let me lead into this next question, then I'll give you my fucking pick of the week, or whatever we're calling it, plug. Plug um, the plug. The sorry, I didn't right. just steal from you, fucking rock and metal combat fuck cast out podcast. <laughs> At least give it a different name. Gee, no. our name is the plug. Literally, I know, it's like, right? Um, it's like, <laughs> did I go obvious? Yes, because I'm pathetically subjective. Pathetically Moving on, subjective. pathetically subjective. <laughs> Forgot what I was going to say. You were going to say we were talking about the Eagles, and we were talking about. You know, you know, I mentioned Dokken, and you were talking about bands that explode oh, on stage. Dokken. There you go, Dokken. Don Dokken just had a, uh, a statement quoted, and I didn't read the whole article, but he said, if you don't like the way I sing now, don't fucking come to the shows. Okay, I won't. Paul Stanley says come to the shows. Uh, uh, Ozzy, I'm sorry, he doesn't sing at the level he did, and when he can perform, says still come to the show. Don Daga said, "Well, fuck it, don't come, don't spend your money." If I didn't like Don Dockin enough <laughs> in the first place, I like this fucking guy even more. He's like, eh, "Okay, people are going to come, don't come." Right. I mean, he's got a point, and, and I'm like, that's cool, Don, because I won't. And it's not that I don't love Doc, and I do, but I don't want to. Like, I mean, I, I and I'm not putting the guy down. Fuck, he's how old, how many years? Age happens. Yeah, Father Time is a motherfucker, yeah. and it gets us all. I hate that bitch. I do too, but there's nothing we can do about it. It's what it is. I know it. I'll be you know. Years, but I love, I mean, in fact, before I fucking, because I've been listening to Mer, uh, the King Diamond album all week, but I listened to it again tonight. Before I did, though, I, I actually threw in a little bit of docking, man. Oh, yeah. I was rocking with docking earlier tonight. So there you go. And before that, I was listening to this yeah. and to this, which I have the vinyl. I got it signed right over there. That's awesome. Yeah. All right. Um, Let me plug my shit. I want to take this time to apologize for all the evil shit we were talking about, and I want to bring you to our Lord and Savior. No, I'm not fucking kidding. Yeah, I, threw I hope so. God. Oh my God. I want to talk to you about <laughs> after the resurrection and he came back to us. No, I, I, I don't care. I want to talk to you about this guy that saw a bunch of hypocrites hanging out at the carnivals banging their fucking girlfriends and shit and then coming in the next day to church while he was playing the organ and uh, it's kind of no none of it matters I'm not struck down by lightning it's okay can we all just get along and no I'm fucking kidding of course look let's all be good fucker people I really have nothing to plug except that Check out King Diamond fucking Abigail. Listen to these bands that Metal Mike just showed you. And let's quit letting shit like this divide us. And I'm a fucking conservative, okay? Let's quit letting... And I keep them all, I keep them all side by side. My house is not burned down. So all you fucksticks that think you could be struck by lightning, 
What do you got all there? There. Let me see. You got the I Holy got, Bible, the which is what the Old Testament, and the New Testament, because yes. the Old Testament's the Torah, the Jewish the, Bible. I got the Book of Mormon, which is a, another testament of Jesus Christ. I don't know; they're all made up. And I have the Satanic Bible written by Anton Zandalovey. You need to throw the Quran in there too, though. Fuck this. This one actually makes the most sense. I'm sorry. Read this one. Um, of course, also uh, get the new Overkill. It yes. shits all over the new Metallica. Thank you. God, it, uh, I, I think the shit I took yesterday shits all over the new Metallica. <laughs> um, oh, shots fired. Check out the new Stones album. I haven't heard it. Um, I'm going to have to listen to I've it, man. I've heard two songs, and I've heard one minute from every other song. That's so weird. I mean, if you bought the album, you should be able to fucking listen to it, dude. Well, dude, I have it on my hard drive right now because I bought it mm. digitally. For whatever reason, I wonder if I could show you. Oh, man, I got so much shit. It's funny because when I mute my phone to do this podcast, <laughs> so much shit pops up. Oh, I know. Look, I'm going to my iTunes right now. And here we go. More purchased music. I got to go through because I bought a lot of music. See, and, and this is something I want to show people. You know, look, I buy a lot of fucking music. I don't want to hear any bullshit about how I don't support artists. Uh, where is it? R, 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 Rolling Stones. No, on iTunes, I've only bought two albums. There it is, Hackney Diamonds and Ghosthead Soup. Ghosthead Soup is my all-time favorite Stones album. When you click on it, okay... There it is. Let me put it in there. Everything Weird. is just you can download it. But when you get to the bottom, to fucking angry, angry is the only one you can play. The rest of them, I only get one minute fucking sound bites. Now, out of the one minute sound bites, I think it's fucking amazing. I cool. have to listen to the album in its entirety. And since my daughter's not home yet, I'm going to thump this shit after we drop this fucking episode. Um, yeah, just be good people. Don't be a lying bitch. Don't be a snowflake. And I'm sorry, I live in a part of the country now where they use the word snowflake a lot, but they're the snowflakiest cunts I've ever met in my life. And that's male and female. Be a good person. Check out these bands. Metal Mike, flash those CDs. Tell us the bands one more time, and let's get out of here. Fair enough, man. We got, well, of course, I already said the new Overkill, which isn't really brand new, but it's still fairly new. Shit's all over Metallica. Good yeah, album. I said it. I it. Um, we have, uh, I got two albums by the band Entheos. Very, very cool. And then there is the band Repent with their new album, The Reckoning. Make sure you check them out. Keep fighting the good fight and stay metal to your dying breath. Fuck. Yeah. And hey, motherfuckers. Buy vinyl.